Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our, our little Broad Street Hockey wake for Claude Giroux. It's his thousandth game coming up, so it's a celebration of Claude Giroux, but we also all acknowledge that he's likely getting traded within the next week, so probably within the next few days. So we're here to toast to Claude Giroux. I, I've made myself a little hot toddy action, a little peach tea with uh, some bourbon. So bourbon Steve is on the line tonight. and. Oh, no. You got Steve Jaco, you got Kelly Hinkle, James Minger is going to join us shortly, and anybody else from BSH who wants to join along as well as the listeners. So, um, welcome. We're going to have some fun tonight, and I guess I'll, I'll start it off with with our G memories. And you know, there's so many great ones, but ultimately, I have to always go with. You know, there's obviously the the 2010 Stanley Cup game-winning goal. Like that, yeah. you know, he didn't win the cup, unfortunately. We would all remember that. But he won a game with the goal, and that was amazing. He also had that slam dunk goal from the side of the net. That was amazing. And beyond that, I always think of the Crosby game where he had his shift, not to be confused with Mike Richards' shift, where he knocked down Crosby and, you know, did everything. It was just you know, he's just been such a great, tenacious player that we've completely sucked the life out of over a decade plus of hockey. You know what's fun to me is that I find, this isn't really about Claude Giroux, but I find that you can, like, <laughs> you can, like, distinguish kind of, like, hockey generations by what someone is referring to when they say the shift. Like, if oh, someone yeah. says to me the shift, it's Mike Richards against the Canadians, like that's the shift. For the rest of my life, that will be the shift. But for younger fans, it's Claude Giroux's shift. He's got a couple of, there's a couple of like the shifts for Claude Giroux. And it's like, it's kind of, it's really weird. I haven't been emotional about this until today. My and emotions. I guess, I guess it's, it might be because I'm old as shit, Steve, but it's like, it didn't occur to me that Claude Giroux is like Eric Lindros for some fans. Like Claude Giroux is the guy that got them into hockey, that made them a Flyers fan, that for the whole first decade that they were a hockey fan, Claude Giroux was the guy. That's and, a wild thing to think about, Kelly. I've never right? considered that for a second because I'm old as shit as well. And yeah. it makes total sense. And that's absolutely the case. So this is a big deal for people. I mean, obviously this is ending a much better fashion than, and we don't know that it's ending for sure, but we feel like it's ending. But Eric Lindros, obviously that situation just ended in the worst possible way. Yeah, it was real bad. And like, I... I don't know. Did you go to the Lindros game, the the Jersey retirement game? 
I don't think I was there. I think I watched that one on TV, unfortunately. I, um, I like literally cried, which I didn't expect. I am a hockey crier. Steve, are you a hockey crier? It's been a while. It's been a while since I cried <laughs> at hockey, but <laughs> I'm a, okay. maybe in the past, but not recently. And the Flyers have killed all hockey emotions in me for, for a while. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, now, yeah. But like, I generally cry every year when the Stanley Cup is where, and I'm not talking about like weeping, but just like, you know, a little misty eyed Oh, oh, we have very different emotions for that. I scowl. Uh, well, you know, I, I feel I feel angry feelings until like it starts to happen and they start handing the cup off and then I get misty eyed because I'm a sappy person. But I like legitimately had like tears coming down my face during that Lindros jersey retirement. And I'm kind of wondering if the same kind of emotion is going to overtake me tomorrow during the ceremony because like I, I don't think there's a scenario in which Claude Giroux plays another game in a Flyers uniform after tomorrow night I, I just don't see it like the only way I see it is if he comes back for like a token like plays like the last year of his career with the Flyers for like, oh yeah could could do the bare minimum but it's very yeah. unlikely yeah yeah it could be that and it's like I I don't know, man. I, until today, I don't think I, I've, the full gravity of it has descended upon me in a way that I didn't expect. And uh, for everyone listening, Megan, our genius fan cam creator, has something coming out tomorrow that just like fucked me all the way up. Like, <laughs> just, yeah. It's, it's, it's really, I am feeling like I didn't fully appreciate, even though I felt in the moment like I did, now that I know he's done here, I don't think I did. I don't think I properly appreciated Claude Giroux. And I think it, I think it might be just like the age thing. It, it's just because he's not like the seminal flyer for me. Like he's not the guy for me in, in a way that like Eric Lindros is. And so I, I don't think that I fully appreciated him the way that I ought to have, maybe. You're you're Andy Bernard right now. I wish there was a way to know we were in the good old days before you actually right. loved him. Right. <laughs> Andy Bernard was so smart. What what a wise scholar who punched his fist through a wall. Yeah. And couldn't remember that Kit Kat bars were the, <laughs> the give me a break instead of fancy feast. <laughs> All right, we, we've let Adam wait long enough to share Adam, his thoughts talk to us. on the great Claude Giroux. So we're going to add Adam Friend right now. Pod, Harris, Adam we'll Moore. get to you shortly. But Adam, what's hey up? Guys. How are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm pretty good. Uh, you know, in true Irish week fashion, I guess, whatever emotion I'm feeling, I'm just going to bottle that right up until <laughs> – comes out uh, way later and way more <laughs> drunkenly like a year from now mm -hmm. um i'm just gonna not deal with that for a little bit uh if that's okay you're, and you're gonna be waiting in the line for coffee and you're just gonna <laughs> be like god damn it they wasted Claude career why <laughs> <laughs> yeah 100 percent. i i think um you know there's two ways to look at this before i i say what i want to say you know we could take the low road and say, 
this feels like a send-off more than a celebration. And with the way things have gone this year, that's an absolutely perfectly acceptable take to have. But I really want to appreciate what we have while he's here still. And I'm going to take the high road and be nothing but happy for him during this game, for his family, for his teammates. And uh, I'm just going to really celebrate that. So uh, that's kind of like my outlook on it. What I want to ask you guys before, again, I, I get, and I actually, I never do this for a post game, but I actually jotted a couple of things down today that I want to talk about. So I'm at least a little more coherent in uh, <laughs> saying what I want to say here. But... than either of us. <laughs> <laughs> Can you, either the two of you, name for me a more successfully versatile athlete in Philadelphia than Claude Giroux? And I'm defining versatile as playing multiple positions and excelling at each one of those positions. Is there another Philadelphia athlete that's done that better than Claude Giroux in any sport? I don't think so. I I honestly think that Claude Giroux is like not even just Flyers, Mount Rushmore. I feel like he's Philly sports, Mount Rushmore. Oh, that's that's interesting. That's a hard one for me because it's it's hard to compare to, to other sports, really. Like. For sure. You know what? The best comparable is probably Chuck Bednarik from back in the day because he played offense and defense. He was a 60-minute man. Yeah. Concrete Charlie. I was thinking, like, the closest I could come would maybe be a Brian Westbrook, but, like, he played everything and did all of the stuff that he did out of the same position, so you can't really say that. You know, baseball, everybody kind of sticks where they are. It's just – it's just unbelievable what he's been able to do and how versatile and successfully versatile he's been. And for me, that really puts him above Lindros. It puts him above Richards and, and some of those other guys for that reason. He's done it on special teams. He's done it at multiple positions. And, you know, I, it just, it just always will stand out to me. Um, so what I kind of want to talk about, I want to give kind of like my top couple moments. I just like uh, some other notes on his leadership. And then I have a couple questions. Um, and if I'm talking too long, please cut me off and just like hit the next. Absolutely person. not. <laughs> good night and good hockey. I'll see it. No, you're good, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks guys. So I think I'll start with the top three goals and I'll go backwards from three. And I think the first one that comes to mind for this third echelon here is gotta be that stick lift on McDonough in that Tampa Bay game. And what was so cool about that is like, that's such a tough move to make at any level, let alone the NHL level to put the stick flip into that move and get his stick out of the way was just so unbelievably smart. And how he did that so quickly and scored like that. There was such an unbelievable goal to make. Um, oh, it's a stunning goal. And w- what's great about that one is it really shows just how many skills Claude Giroux has. Like one of the things you take for granted, you're talking about the versatility, right? You forget just how skilled this guy is at hockey sometimes because he is just so damn good. And that just shows the whole gamut of what he can do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just unbelievable. Um, the the second goal that really stands out in my mind is that between the leg fake on Qdobin against Boston, a because I fucking hate Q 
Qdoban with every fiber of my being. I hate that guy. <laughs> and just the way he did it, uh, you know, I think it was like a, a couple days or a week or so before somebody else did a between the legs goal. And it was like really in to do that move. And he thought two steps ahead to fake it and then roof it on the backhand around Qdoban. Like, holy shit. That was, that was like next level. And yeah, next level both, for sure. Both of these goals, as I was looking at them, I saw were like a month apart in 2018. That was his, you know, I think that was his hundred point season. And um, it was his 10th season out of the 15 seasons he's been in the NHL. And Charlie writes about this a lot that, you know, G has really been able to kind of back into his aging curve gracefully and alter his style to suit his age. And I think one of the things that has helped him do that as he's grown as a player is he's been able to think the game a little bit differently. And it's his high hockey IQ and the way he's been able to think the game that I think kind of was the tipping point in this season where he started to transition into that mode a little bit more. And I would argue almost become this like more cerebral type of player. And, uh, and those two goals right there, I think showcase it perfectly. Um, yeah, that, that's a great point by Charlie that he has really gracefully aged into his current role. <laughs> and you've seen it. Like, I think the best comparison I can think of is, is Keith Primo who didn't quite have a graceful shift into his more defensive player captain role. It was more of a, like, Oh God, I just can't keep up any, like I need to change my game. Like <laughs> yeah. it was like a very like abrupt kind of gear shift, but it worked out great. But like G and, and G hasn't had to go to that extreme. I mean, he's the number two scorer on this team. He is, he's still producing offensively, but he can play both ways. And as you said, like he's got, he's versatile. He can play in the wing. He can play center. He, he just fills in wherever he needs to and doesn't complain at all. And he just he just thinks it so much differently. It's like chess and checkers when you when you're watching him. Like oh hell yeah, that, you now know, you're talking my language here. Yeah, <laughs> like like that little um. And Bill was just talking to JJ about this on uh, that last segment he did, which was awesome by the way. Um. Oh yeah, Bill that, crushed like, it with that. That like that little flip that he does in on goal where the goalie like really has to concentrate on it. It's like this seemingly kind of innocuous move that the goalie really has to pay attention to. He's like perfected that he's perfected that uh bank off the boards on the power play pass like he's just thinking on a whole other level and uh i just i love to watch it i I love to see it um yeah watching those guys who who can deliver who can think like three steps ahead like that like that's i've said this about sean couturier before too which is why i laughed about the the chess and checkers thing because i always say that about couturier couturier is playing chess the rest of these guys are playing checkers and it it, it, because those guys are thinking in advance right and that's that's one of those things that you notice when you're at the game when you're there in person because you can just sit there and you can watch claude Giroux and sean couturier when they don't even have the puck and just see the stuff they're doing and it, you marvel at it because they are just such intelligent hockey players. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, my absolute most fondest memory of Claude Giroux was the shift. You guys touched on it earlier. And I, I would just take it a step further and say it's the first thing I think about when I see the Flyers logo. When I see the Flyers logo on that jersey, 
the first thing that comes to my mind is Claude Giroux in that specific ship. And that's even, Kelly, I think I'm a little bit older, back to your era as well there. I think it just really takes over for me. It, it's like, you know, as famous and as important a sports moment in Philadelphia, I would argue – as the Philly special and Brad Lidge closing out the World Series. Like, it's that iconic to me. Oh, damn. Um, you, you could probably debate that, uh, you know. But hey, man, it, it, that- the thing is, it's what matters for you and yeah. what's important for you ultimately. So the fact that it makes such a big impact for you is all that matters. And I'm sure there's a ton of people who feel exactly the same way as you do about that. Right, 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 right. Um, so just <laughs> moving on here, did you see that uh, picture montage that the Flyers posted today? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> where, like, you know, I've seen the, like, set of four photos or so before where you can really see the, the life drain. From see the, I was going to say the life drain from his eyes. You can really see it. It's I really hit very depressing. I, I thought of these these two photos that kind of bookend his career really well. I thought of and, – and the – juxtaposition of the two of them together I think are kind of funny if you take the photo when he was a rookie where he's in cuffs because he grabbed the cop's ass up on the cop car and the two girls are standing there fast forward all the way to the photo where I guess it was their first team trip since COVID and they could actually like go somewhere they could get out of the hotel and all the kids are you know dressed up in weird shit and Claude Giroux standing there in a crew neck Oh, Dad Drew. And his <laughs> and Dad Atkinson. Like, yes, exactly. And and Drew's face is like these fucking assholes. And like <laughs> just the two images together stick out in my mind that will like really define his career. And uh not define his career, but just an interesting bookend when you put the beginning and the end together and watch his evolution as like a person too, which is kind of funny. We've literally watched this guy like grow into a man. it's wild to think about yeah it's it's crazy um like we've seen him grow a full thick beard we've seen him mature we've seen him evolve his game it's crazy and 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 it's been great to see it's been such a pleasure to watch him just so happy and thankful to have that happen when it did you know and and we could all kind of be a part of it um i really i never understood the G hate, you know, it's been popping up more the last, what, like three-ish years, would you say? People oh have been boy, those it. people. But it's I always been it. there to a small degree since he's been the captain of the team. And that's because the captain always takes the most scrutiny of anybody on the team because you have these intangibles that you as a fan are not privy to in any way, shape, or form, but you can make wild assumptions about. And if the team loses, the easiest person to blame is the captain. It's bullshit, but it's that's yeah, essentially it, what it, it is. Really, it really is. And, like, everybody respects this guy. Every player, everybody in the office, like, everybody's played against. I bet even – Sidney Crosby would respect this guy. Oh, without question. Yeah. You you know what I'm saying? And I I just don't get it. Like, what do people expect him to do? Like, yell at Scott Lawton more and make him a first liner? Like, it's not going to happen, you know? And I think that, you know. He's not going to get back there and play defense for Nick Schultz. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) One of the Flyers' eight goalies from three years ago or four years ago, whenever it was. You know, so instead of these people questioning the leadership of the other, or I'm sorry, of Claude Giroux, of these other guys on the team, 
I think they need to question the ability of these guys to listen to him. Yeah. You know, like the guys around him and nobody questions that. Like, I think, oh, in his, in Yo's interview today, he was like, well, you know, Ovechkin had Carlson and Backstrom and, you know, whoever, and Crosby had Malkin and she's not really had anybody else with him to that caliber. Right. So anyway, whatever. I'm, I cannot listen to those people, especially not today. Um, not today. Miles for miles. Last of the questions. And then I will stop talking and I'll, I'll get out of your hair. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> do you, two are stupid. One is kind of not stupid, but do you get the sense that G stays in Philly after he retires as some other fan favorites had, you know, like in other sports as well, like Jaworski's still hanging around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hartnell does. Claire still lives here in Haverford. Like, you know, I, I don't know if I see him sticking around. Do you guys see him sticking in Philly after hockey's over? Brent? So it's interesting. So there's a couple of things. So he still goes home. Like he's not a guy that's like, yeah, he doesn't stick around in Philly all year long. And also I feel like if this is the end here, I can't imagine that for him, he's leaving on a high note. Like I can't imagine that he's leaving with like a, a, a good taste in his mouth. And that I think might affect any decision he might have. I know he loves the city of Philadelphia obviously he and his wife and his kids like they don't live in New Jersey they live in the city like he's a he loves Philly for sure but also he goes home right so he he might just you know when he leaves here I've also kind of thought like he he probably doesn't know how much he's gonna like not being here until he's not here like imagine (laughs) if he goes to the avalanche right like let's say he goes to the abs and he's playing with with you know Nathan McKinnon and that caliber of player. Sorry, I live on the busiest street in the universe. Well, you're um, doing this podcast on a motorcycle, right? Yeah. <laughs> Motorcycles. Yeah. So speaking of Philly, anyway, and like I, I just feel like once he gets a taste of like a functional organization with competent players and like a front office that gives a shit, like all of this will be like, oh no, wait, no, I'm not no. going to go back there. <laughs> I'm not going to go mean, back there. That that's fair and all, but like if we're just talking if he's living here after he retires, I mean it happens to a bunch so. of guys. So I I don't know. Danny Briere came it stayed around here, right? Like right. It, it, I think it's fifty fifty, frankly. Okay. Yeah, it could be. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I just it was just something I was thinking about. I wanted to ask you what you thought because I get the sense that he would not. But yeah, it, I don't think he was. So uh, one dumb question. Um, do you know what the story is behind the pot, the orange palms on his gloves? He's the only player that has had orange palm gloves for most of his time here or colored palms on his gloves for any reason, except for, I think Yandel got these new orange palm gloves this past year. But I wondered if that was like, like a fashion choice or do you have any information on that by chance? I got no. Now you, I'm I'm wondering about. It. I'm super curious. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask people and by people. We're gonna that's already. gonna be the first question to every other caller. Is just gonna, <laughs> what's the deal with the orange gloves? <laughs> Tell me. I need I to know. know I noticed it, and it's like 
he's so good, nobody else dared copy his style and make Orange Glove Pump, you know? So I was like, I wonder why that happened. Like, did he just customize him one day and thought it'd be cool? Like, I, I don't know. Just something I noticed. Again, I like it. I'm in job question. But uh, and this is my last question, and I promise I will shut up. Uh, <laughs> everybody's been really nice, and I want everybody else to get a turn to speak. Um, but does he return after this season? And I know that's very unlikely. I know people don't do it often. Charlie was asked a question in a mailbag. He gave the same answer. It's unlikely to happen. But I I got to wonder, like, you know, he – so, first of all, Drew doesn't want to leave. And I think as competitive as he is, he view – he would potentially view going to a team that's going to win a Stanley Cup this year, just talking about Colorado, as almost cheating – in a way, like I could see him viewing it like that because he's very by the book. He's very competitive. And I, I could see him thinking that way. So obviously it's way wishful thinking on the fans part of you to be like, go get the highest value you can and come back and, and work with that. But like, do you see that being even a remote possibility? What are your thoughts? I think he would have to take an insane pay cut to come back next year. That's the problem. Yeah. Now, what I could see is maybe he goes and and plays somewhere else for a couple of years and just sees how he likes it, right? And lets the Flyers rebuild. And then maybe the Flyers are ready to to dip their toes back into competitive hockey. And yeah. then and maybe his value is just that low and they have the cap space. Maybe they work for like the last push at the end of his career, but mm. I would be very surprised if it if it happened next year. This, yeah, next year, exactly. I gotcha. I I think the Flyers, even if he wanted to, which I I don't think. I think that there's a reason that doesn't happen as often as fans in their mind want it to, because I think that once guys leave, I I don't think they want to come back as much as we want them to. Right. Um, but also the. I mean, I don't, I don't really want to get into this because that's not what we're here to talk about. But the sure. Flyers have done a very good job um, making it impossible for them to bring him back next year, <laughs> unless he wanted to play on like a league min contract, which why would he? Um, they, they've just completely screwed themselves cap wise. Um, yeah. So I, I think even if Drew wanted to, I don't think he could. And also, at this point, just. I mean, I'm not a body language expert, but just like looking at this man's face, yeah. I'm not sure he doesn't want to leave at this point. Yeah. I think that he definitely wanted to get to this 1,000 games, and I think that's probably why we haven't heard publicly that he's waived. Um, but I, he doesn't look like a guy that's very happy. He doesn't look like – Sure. Why would he? He looks broken. Yeah, it just it's, – it's because – and I think it's because – he is exactly what the people who hate him think he's not. Like he <laughs> is an ultra competitive yeah. leader Yep. who like literally, like, did you see the story recently? I think, was it in Charlie's column? I can't remember where I read it about the arm wrestling. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Ruby. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like this is a guy that like, <laughs> if you were playing rock, paper, scissors with him, like you wouldn't be able to leave until he beat you. Like this, he's yeah. 
he doesn't lose. He doesn't like to lose. And I think that this level of terrible, I just don't think that he can abide it. Like, I don't think he can deal with this. And I think that he's probably had enough. And like, honestly, who could blame him? (laughs) (laughs) Had enough of this shit. Yeah. And it's not, it's not that he likes winning. You you touch it. It's something we talk about often on Bill's post game is it's not that he likes winning more than everybody else. Like my Nana likes winning. Everybody likes winning. Everybody wants to win. It's the fact that he hates losing more than anybody else, more than anybody. And ironically, that is the thing that the flyers don't have the most of and it's going to walk out the door and it's so sad to see that but uh anyway all right i've i've talked well too long here uh thanks Stephen kelly so much for doing this uh really appreciate it and uh hope to see everybody out there tomorrow night our pleasure adam thanks for calling in man really appreciate it all right looks like we lost kelly but we got James and we got Harris. We're going to add them both right now until Kelly gets back on. Harris, I know you've been waiting a bit. bit. Patrick, I know you're hanging in there. We'll get you on soon. Megan, I see you want to speak. We'll get you on soon. Let's talk to Harris and uh, James for a few minutes, and then we'll get you on, Megan. Harris, how you doing, my man? Oh, I'm doing fine. Um, And James, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Hey, that guy was great. I could have just listened to him all night. I know. He's killing it, crushing it. I know. Um, Kelly, I'm assuming the motorcycles took her and she's <laughs> gone now. But that's, that's just Off to Canada. Happens. Off to Canada. That's, that's her dream right there. Um, so, uh, Harris, I, I, you've been waiting a, a bit to get on. And uh, how are you feeling about everything? This is a, a somber event right here. <laughs> um, it's interesting because Drew is – the franchise over the last 12, 15 years. And now that he's about to be gone, um, the whole identity of the Flyers will completely change and they'll have to find that new identity. And I, it's looking like it's going to be the Panthers. They're making all the moves. They're clearing the cap space. I think it's the Panthers and, um, I mean, so they got the ginger that we require. They have Owen Tippett. Yeah, give us that ginger, and we'll give you our ginger. And then the situation. Yeah, Panthers just got Chirac like ten minutes ago. Really? Yeah, they're they're getting that back end help, and um, they but they've cleared cap space, and I think it's going to be Tippett plus like Evan Noss or Michael Benning in a first round pick. Oh wow! That that's my guess. Well, I mean, they have the assets. um, they're because they don't have a 2022 pick or a, a, a first round pick this year, and they just traded their 2023 for Schrott. And a oh, yeah, and so then that may, might mean they could be out. So they might just trade more prospects and then a second. Um, so then that could be like Caponiemi, but like Noss and Benning are two guys that Justin Sordiff is there as well. But like Tippett's obviously the guy. And I remember I think Steph actually talked about like wanting Tippett like half jokingly back in 2017 on the pod, you can go back and listen to old um, archived episodes for that. But yeah, t- Tippett would be a, a good addition for sure. But um, with Giroux, it's just his, his tenure is so interesting because it started off so well. And then obviously um, Pryor gets hurt and they had no defense 
And when they attempted to trade for defense, they traded JVR, a very good asset at the time for Luke Shen, exactly when the game had basically already changed and Luke Shen just wasn't good at all. Ugh, and so like Drew had trade still no, kills me. That Drew had no defense until obviously Gossus Bear came in, in 1516. And that's one guy. So they've ne- they weren't able to to draft any like legit defense. I mean, they passed on PK Subban, they drafted Kevin Marshall, they passed on John Carlson, they drafted Lucas Pisa, who they ended up trading. But like And also let's not forget about the biggest push, which was the the swing for the fences with Shea Weber. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and that that's interesting because does Nashville matching that go for the Flyers for the better or for the worse? Because like that probably for the better because the Flyers would be screwed now, but like it would be interesting to see what would have happened from 2012 on. Yeah, um, like I, I would have taken being screwed now for success at that point, but you know the the, the supporting defense still would have sucked. Yeah, and that's why they they had to give so much money to um, Andrew McDonald. Well, they didn't have to, but they did. <laughs> and uh, that, that that's why they give Risto this money now. They, um, and, and they obviously at the end of Drew's prime, those drafts they're drafting defensemen three straight first round picks with Moran, Sanheim, and Provorov, and they're looking for that guy to really help, and they. Um, weren't able to, and obviously Gosses Bear had a couple of those years. Provrov's had a couple of those years, but it just they lucked into Giroux. It's funny because you look back, Bobby Clark uh, forgot who he was picking because um, the Kings took Trevor Lewis and the Rangers took local boy Bobby Sanguinetti, who I think the Flyers wanted both of those guys, and so Clark forgot. They lucked into him, and they reaped the, the benefits. Giroux should have gone way higher but they just wasted the second half. And it's sad. My my favorite Drew memory is the 17-18 season with him almost single-handedly leading them back into the playoffs after that 10-game losing streak. It looked like they were out. Um, they got solid contributions from other people, but he was he should have won the heart. And I think it was the, the last game where they needed to to win to get in against the Rangers where he just casually goes for four points. Like, he's just like – I think he had one sick goal in that game too – and like he, he should have won the heart. It just like hard. Oh, it's a travesty. Absolute travesty. Yeah. I'll let James speak. No, oh, no. This is uh yeah, there's just so many different things like that. You just you and we kind of talked about it already, but like like and all the goals and the highlights, the determination and the, the sort of like reluctant uh, superstar, but like when if it's either over the off season or if it's next week or Friday, like like the team's gonna look and feel so different, and it's 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 gonna feel like empty. At least part of me is gonna feel like ah, like well, this isn't the same. You know what are we doing here? Well, it feels like there's barely a reason to watch already, and then without your bona fide captain of the past decade superstar, like what is there to really watch besides like certain players' development? And really, you know, there's only a couple guys really in that realm. It's going to be wild to see how bad they are without no, Claude Giroux. That's exactly it. So, like, when I was uh, putting the, uh, the last post together, I was just pretty much just, like, going over. Like, my entire Sunday was spent just, like, watching old, like, a Flyers game video. And you could just see, like, he's the one driving the play. And when he's gone, and he also is the one fixing a lot of plays, too. So when, like, next week or whenever, when he's gone, it's just going to get worse. Real bad. 
people are going to see <laughs> just how valuable Claude Drew is to this team. Can I bring All up right. something silly? Please. That yep. I low-key loved about Claude Drew. Remember, I, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming he still does it, the handshakes at the end of the game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, loved, I loved the handshakes at the end of the game. It was just, like, so business-like and so just, like, a low-key, respectful, good game boys little move that he did after every game. Oh, yeah, those were great. They were delightful. I liked it. Yeah. He made me happy. Remember when he had a black mustache? (laughs) (laughs) Adam, Adam said also a Snyder thing, Kelly. Oh, yeah, Snyder. Um... Yeah, the black mustache was fun. It was he's fun. such a silly guy too. I mean, yeah, he, he's he has, become yeah, he's he dad Giroux now, but like the hijinks. There's so many hijinks. And like like he's the snark and the like the way that like, you could I mean there's a lot of mic'd up video uh, uh, like you can just find of him, but you could just tell by like the way that other players reacted to him. Like he's always just like yapping, yapping, yapping. And like it's like I love to see that, you know, like you know, he's not going to get there and just, he, he can't just beat people up, but he's always just in the game and you're always just kind of yammering on. And like, that's that, again, something you're just going to miss. I mean, you see this in Konechny, but it's just not the same. The, no, pig, not the, same. the pigeon chirp the to pigeon. JVR. Well, I will never get over how funny it is. The pigeon he made a pigeon awesome. noise. Yes. <laughs> he literally made the bird noise at JVR. So good. So good. Um, so we got we got a bunch of people in the yes, queue right now. Yes, let's do it. Uh, so real quick, ha- Harris, um, anything further you wanted to add on, on Claude Giroux at this point? Like, it just, it's, it's so respectable that he was the good soldier in the years, like, where they meddled and started the um, make, miss, make, miss thing that maybe to his own detriment, he didn't, like, act like a whiny like entitled guy and like maybe he should have put more pressure on the management but like he just went out there and did his thing and was the mvp of the team and it, it like he he did he he went to work every day and did his job and was like an incredible player all those years it's just a shame that they they didn't get more chances with him to, to go deep because like that 2012 year and him you know, in the team beating the Penguins and that rivalry with Crosby. And it's just, it's a shame that the team wasn't better after that to keep that going. God, it is, it is such a shame. And it's a shame that we've had to deal with like two great captains of the Flyers, Mike Richards and Claude Giroux, who have been there with rivalries with Sidney Crosby and have not come out on top or even close to it. It's very depressing. Yeah, you'll the fan base will always have 2012 and and that and obviously the 2010 that run is incredible. That that the goal he has in the Cup final against Chicago, they ran. It's like one of the most creative plays the Flyers or any team in the league's had, like a set play to run that, and they did that for the um, Gagne goal against the Bruins in Game Four to keep that series alive. Oh, that he, that's the best game I've ever been that's, to. That's the 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 guy curls um, like after crossing the blue line finds the trailer and then you have the forward on the opposite side post for the deflection and it, and it goes in like they did that with Giroux and Gagne 
um, one against the Bruins and one against the Blackhawks. It worked both times. It's one of like it's it's one of the coolest set plays you'll see. Oh, for sure, it was incredible. Yeah, but your point, Harris, is like it, it is upsetting. Like you know, you just it's, it's you know, it really reminds me of uh, Ray Bork when he was uh, finally leaving uh, Boston. Uh, Boston there. Because Ray Bork, he, that uh, his time in Boston, like he went to two cups with them, and like, or was it was at least the one. Um, but he's the guy he was carrying as much as he could, and he had guys at times like support him. But it was just you could just tell that they, they never had enough uh, to be able to be like legitimate contenders, even in the early '90s and throughout the '90s, right? Uh, and then when it came time at the end, it's just like, okay, well, let's just, just let's let our bird be free. And we just want to see him get it, be as successful as possible. Yeah. It's like in both um, scenarios, like that, those burn teams were missing. Um, like another there's like our goalie um, and like the flyers it's been like, they were missing a star goalie or, and missing guys like stalwarts on the back end and then they get the goalie now and they're still just not the scoring's evaporated or the defense is still not good enough and just right they haven't been able to put everything together part of that's drafting part of that was when Giroux came into the league they had no picks because they were going for it all those years uh so then that set them back and and a couple bad transactions like the the JVR for Luke Shen trade um just sets people back and then like they they made some good transactions to get younger players and that propped them up into being this one or in and then out uh, every other year thing and so with Giroux they didn't rebuild but they also weren't making the playoffs every year either so it was just kind of this in between thing that doesn't work and um, imagine if they fully tanked in 2015 you get like Eichel or McDavid or Mitch Marner <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We would have screwed it up. Don't worry about it, Harris. Yeah, that's the 18 OT losses that uh, the, the bill talks about how OT losses really hurt you. They had 18 OT uh, loss points Ugh. in that 15 season. And I don't know, maybe you get Mitch Marner if you don't have all those. Oh, my God. I'm Now I'm depressed. I wasn't – I was only slightly depressed before. I'm full depressed now. Yeah. Could you imagine how this team of uh, this city would treat Mitch Marner? Oh, like, well, it depends yeah. on how much they're making the playoffs. And They, they would have treated Eichel worse, I guarantee. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mitch Marner way. would have already been traded. Let's, oh, get, yeah. let's get serious. <laughs> this, this front office would not have, have been in on Mitch Marner's bullshit for five seconds. Like, they never would have dealt with it. No. It's just like Claude was the the draft steal of his decade. And then, but they didn't get an, like another like absolute steal after it to to really add to him. And I feel like you, obviously you need multiple. Tampa's had multiple, but like if you have another guy that they they found a little bit later to add to it, like imagine if they have PK Subban in his prime, or imagine if they drafted Pasternak instead of Sanheim. There, there's just more there, and the the team development in, in terms of the AHL, the the minor pro development, um, it's not enough, and um, I just I hope I hope to see Jeru win, whether it's Colorado or 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 Florida or wherever he goes. It's probably one of those two. Some people say Calgary might Calgary's starting to make moves, but um, hopefully he he gets to raise his cup because he deserves it. I'm, I'm Thanks, cool Harris. Oh yeah, Steve. Let's let let's get other callers on. I have a yeah, feeling we have a lot of people sure. that want to talk. All right. Thanks, Harris. Appreciate you calling in, man. Thanks.
Okay. We got Patrick. He's been waiting a bit. I'm going to add Megan, too, just because I know she's been waiting in the queue. Patrick, how you doing, man? Oh, geez. Um, I'm good, I guess. <laughs> as good as it gets, right? All things considered. We're not living the dream, right? We are not living the dream. Damn it. All right. It gets funny. Before I talk about Claude Drew, it's kind of funny how you guys mentioned what this team's going to look like after we trade him and maybe some of the defensemen. It's it's going to be fun. Because, like, we're going to get, well, hopefully we get rid of Justin Braun and Keith Handel. It, it, this defense will be really bad for the rest of the season. But, yeah. Oh, my God. I would trade anything for Keith Handel at this point. Like, I, I, I just anything at all. And Braun is actually a guy you could get good value for. I'm almost scared that they won't trade him because it makes too much sense. No, I think, I th- I think he's going to move now because what's-his-face just went off the board to Florida. So he's got to go. See, I see us give, giving him to like Tampa Bay or something because you know Tampa makes all those nice cheap moves and multiply the defense in their bottom six. So, yeah. Hey, go nuts! You want to give us a, a two or a three or something like that? That's fine. But man, like, like it's got to be Colorado at this point, right? Since Florida just traded their first. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I I just feel like you can you cannot make this move without getting a 23 first. Absolutely. Like you'd be you'd be insane to do it, but as Megan pointed out in the chat, uh, Chuck, <laughs> Chuck's, I don't know what Chuck's doing sometimes. So uh, yeah, it, it'll be it'll be really really um, disappointing slash enraging if we don't get a twenty third first back in return for Chiru. So especially since like like Sherat's obviously a good player and a nice pickup. But I feel like if you're if we're just talking about the value brought to a cup run, like I'm thinking Claude Giroux is like a little bit yeah. like puts you a little bit further ahead, I think. And maybe that's just bias talking, but I, I don't think so. And like if when Landis Kyle comes back, like Giroux would be like tearing people up on that. Oh, God, it would be like I, I just needed to have it because I need to see this team like exist in the world. I need to see this Avalanche roster with a healthy Landeskog with Claude Giroux. Just it just Kinnan and Giroux out there on the. Oh God! In my head, it's just so sick. I need to see it. Like it's one of those things that is upsetting as a Flyers fan who has not seen success in a long time at this point, and but as like a hockey fan, like I just want to see it. I want to see it happen because it just sounds like good fun hockey. I mean, at least give us that. I mean, we didn't get we didn't get the NHL and the Olympics, sadly, because that would that would have been that would have been nice. Too much fun. Too much fun. You can't yeah. have too much fun. All right. So I guess my favorite to remember, I I guess I was there live. I went to the stadium series. I, I think I've mentioned this in like a bunch of post games with Bill, but it was me and my buddy. It was rainy. It was wet. It was cold, but it was awesome. Oh, it was a great and, time. I was there too. Oh my god! Like even like I think like the the uh, staff like was like making hot chocolate for everybody and just like giving it out or something and I'm like this is awesome and like it's funny they're down I'm mad like if like, oh the, the third period was depressing as hell well I know I'm like this team sucks blow it up blow it up and then all of a sudden they come back and then like when when watching Drew score you just see it on his face he's like I fucking won an outdoor game thank fucking God I I I tackled my friend I hugged my friend I almost thought I broke his face. 
And then like I'm <laughs> high fiving people out of the are- out of the arena, go, let's fucking go. This is our fucking Super Bowl. I'm high fiving everybody in sight. Oh my god. Oh, the chants on the the way out of the link that night were incredible. Like just oh, we were doing the no one likes us, we don't care chant. We were <laughs> yeah. doing like fuck Pittsburgh chants. It was just it was incredible. Like the atmosphere when they tied that game up was just something else. And then the win, obviously, on top of that. Because like it was just a misty, somewhat cold night. Like the weather could have been worse, yeah. but it definitely could have been better. And I was like, a fr- I was. We we're all terrified they're going to stop it, like ha- like at the end of the second because of the weather or something. They had. That no, right. I was also. Oh that yeah. Game. You know the the other thing that was like really about that night is how much the, the crowd control and the actual like fan logistics sucked. And like it took you like three hours to even get in the stadium, and um, we were I was up in like the three hundreds, and then actually like because it was like it was all shitty out, and then we were actually coming down and like this is stupid, this game's dumb, we're just gonna leave, and then as we're like descending down and like getting stuck in this crowd, we're like oh my god they scored again, and they scored again, and so by the time I got down to like the like the ground level, we were able to sneak down to like better seats to go watch the goal, like. <laughs> This is a rainy miracle. It's amazing. It was great. It, it was really an incredible feeling. That's funny. You were about to, we just kind of like sat down and like, we might've all just waited out at this point. Traffic's going to be terrible regardless. And you know, the funny thing about that is that my section ran out of beer uh, before the third period. <laughs> See, that's why we were leaving. <laughs> yeah. But my buddies ran out and they were like, Oh, do you want a beer? I'm like, yes, please. And then they came back and they had like a, like a hard cider or something. They said, this is all they had left. And I said, you know what? It's fine. <laughs> but I guess uh, besides that, I'm, I'm kind of going off on a limb here, but I know it's probably not going to happen. Like I would love it if he comes back next year, because like, like you said, the whole maybe cheating thing, he gets his cup. I feel like he's like, I just hope there's like maybe a deal in place. You guys got to bring me back next year because like I, I want to win it here. It's a hypothetical. But how? I don't know. I know, but how? There's got to be a way. What if? What if we? What if we kidnap Rasmus Ristolainen? It'll probably take four or five of us because, as you know, he's big. Kidnapping him? He's not sure if you've heard. Yeah, I, I... he's large. So we'll need a few people. We could place him onto the ship that's parked on Penn's Landing that I'm convinced he lives on anyway and just push it into the sea. All right, everybody. We're going to go kidnap Risto. And, spend- and then I'm not sure how again, we get the cap Risto. hit off the book. Uh, <laughs> the gang kidnaps he, Risto. He can't play hockey anymore. Listen. He's on LTIR. He's on LTIR because the boat's in the ocean. I've discussed these scenarios with Vincent LeCavalier and Andrew McDonald before. If the guy just disappears, there's just no way to say where he went. Yeah, he just (laughs) left. The cap doesn't exist in the Bermuda Triangle. International waters, baby. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Thanks, Patrick. What were you saying, Patrick? I said before I go, since I can finally talk to Kelly, that ramp was so freaking awesome. Oh, thanks. It's, it's just funny because, like, watching Rasto get that extension and then what he did last game crashing into the boards, it just makes me think of that rant. And I was just like, oh, God. But anyway, anybody going to the game, please share your hearts out for Claude Giroux tomorrow because it's going to be awesome. Oh, we have tickets to give away, Steve Jaco. Oh, wow. Wow. Thanks. How are we going to do it? Well, we could have somebody call in if they really want them. I think that's probably the best way. Is no one else? Asking to speak? 
Well, let's see. Let's look at the queue right now. We got Logan. Let's see what Logan wants. I'm going to pull Logan on in a second, but I have two things I wanted to bring up first. Uh, first off, I just saw that uh, apparently Yarncroak was traded to the to the Flames Who's? from uh, Callie Yarncroak. Oh, that guy. That guy. So they got a center. That's uh, not Claude Giroux, obviously. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> all right, let's, uh, Megan, you've been waiting a bit to speak. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've just been uh, chilling. I like hearing all the stories because I don't know. I don't know a ton. Uh, well, I didn't and when I started making the video. So yes, now it, I know everything about Claude Giroux's career. You, so you have the most like limited history with uh, Claude Giroux, like in your, your limited time, I'm actually fascinated to hear this. Like what's your, your most cherished Claude Giroux memory? Yeah, so I came with one prepared. Um, so for everyone who doesn't know the story, I started cheering for the Flyers when they were really good in the bubble. Um, just cause like, you know, the playoff hockey, like how do you not get invested in that? So uh, I started watching, very excited, and then had like, you know, of course, the two worst seasons in like decades. So that's been really fun. But <laughs> what what I'm really taking advantage of, because what I didn't have for like a while there in the pandemic is like actually going to games. And like that was something that I've never experienced before this season. Um, so it was really fun. I went to like a ton in the beginning when they were weren't good but like you know they were winning so uh it was fun and then i remember one i think it was november like mid-november it was against the lightning uh, they eventually lost but uh to set this game up i was right i was right up at the boards actually somebody had gifted me a ticket um i found the two of my friends it was really 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 cool um and you know, I've never been that close to the, like, boards before at all, because I do, like, prefer the upper bits, but it was, it was really exciting, because you're, like, right there, and you're, like, you can see everything on the ice, but, um, well, there's just remember, a certain atmosphere when you're right by the ice, like, the temperature is literally lower when you're by the ice, like, it just, literally. there's a different feel to it. It's so different, it's, like, you hear, you hear the pucks, like, against the boards you hear like people slam like it, it's crazy um the speed yes yes you don't you don't get that up in the rafters um but what i really remember from that game is so it was like oh my god i forget the actual score but they were down one and there were like it was like 30 seconds left in the game and we were like we should just go like i want to hop on the train they're terrible they're gonna lose this game and then like we were just counting down and like on the edge of our seats like literally gathering up our stuff to go and quadru like from like some end like the end that we were closest to uh just like eight seconds left shoots the puck it goes in like the entire building like goes insane and it was something that i'd never really experienced like that clutch kind of moment before especially in person and that's something that's like so so vivid and even though they lost that game it was like it, it was just on another level so um it, it's cool. such a rush just having that building like everybody standing up at once in that pivotal goal like there i i feel like you know obviously there's thrills in all the sports right but i just feel like hockey it's that much more exciting that like 
last minute goal when like there's like eight seconds left you're like holy shit like you just lose your mind oh yeah oh yeah and it being in like a giant crowd of people doing the exact same thing is especially like you know uh with COVID and everything and you know it was it's a little safer now but it was just something that i never truly experienced i mean i don't i don't like i don't i've never gone to like a sporting event like a professional sporting event before hockey so it was it's a whole nother level that I never realized. You know, it's, it's just like this level of unpredictability. So for instance, if you go to like a football game where there are design plays, you can like, go, if somebody gets to sit there and Tony Romo, the game, like, oh, this is what this guy's going to do. The safety's going to do this. And you get an idea of what the play's going to look like, or even baseball. It's a very static moment, pitcher versus batter. But that puck, it's shaped like a disc and it bounces in weird ways. And you just don't know. And it's just like, you're almost like collectively capturing and witnessing a moment together that's just like very random. And that's, I don't know, that's what always felt special about it to me. It's so fascinating. And it even, even the way it comes through like on TV, like it's just, it's a game that really, it kind of captured me like no other, no other game did. So, um, you know, and Claude Giroux was a very important part of that. You know, I haven't seen playoff, Quadru necessarily like his peak form because it was the the bubble playoffs and he was notably like I, I he didn't score like any goals right or was it something well, like that ultimately I I feel like that's the biggest tragedy is that we very rarely got to see what Claude Giroux could do in the playoffs because the Flyers have been pretty much just making it every other year under his tenure and that's that sucks. And he's also had shitty supporting casts when he's usually made it. It's just like, it, it's such a wasted career in Philadelphia. It's so, it's so fascinating that like, I know it's, I know it's a story in like all sports that, you know, like careers quote unquote wasted or, you know, not lived up to full potential or whatever, or stuck on a bad team. But it's like, it's, it's really all come together in such a like, weird and like strangely poetic way for Drew like I don't know like what other what other player what other player what other team has like a 1000th game literally like a send-off to another team after you know like almost 15 years of playing in one city that like that it's insane how things like that line up and you know it's the the so only weird. comparable I can really think of is the fact that Wayne Simmons' last game as a Flyer was that Stadium Series game, and like you really got to give yeah. him the proper send off. We all knew it at the time too, because I think the trade deadline was right after that game. Yeah. So and the players got to give him a proper send off, so it was nice to send him off on such a big win, like literally as big of a win crowd wise as the Flyers could have. Yeah, um, that's 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 something that really strikes me. I didn't know, you know any athletes growing up, but I did know the names, Paul Drew and Wayne Simmons. And I started watching hockey when Wayne was already gone. So um, it's kind of weird. Like I, like Kelly was talking about, like there's this generation where uh, Claude's the only captain anyone's ever known. Like that's me. Like, I mean, you know, he was drafted not too long ago. I would have been too young to remember. So <laughs> like, I know, I know. <laughs> all feel old. Um, but it's, it's so strange and it's like a a weird kind of goodbye so i'm hoping i'm hoping that comes through with uh this video that 
will hopefully come out. I have to do some color correction. Oh my God. Megan. The video. Ah, the video. The whole BSH Slack chat is like crying in the chat. I'm ready to it's, cry manly tears. It's devastating. You guys are going to love it. I've been upset so for months. I've been, I've been maxing around with song choice. So I ended up going with something a little bit cheesier, but like, yes. you know, uh, if, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. So I, I'm excited for it. It took like so long and, uh, you know, an embarrassing amount of emotions, but like, it was, it was a nice like retrospective on like the time where, you know, I would have, I could have been watching hockey or it was like in the background and I just didn't know about it, but you know, it's so, it's so fascinating. I think he's definitely like my favorite player at this point. I mean, there's nobody above him. So love that. He's an all-time flyer. We're going to add Logan. He's been waiting long enough. Logan, how you doing? Let me see if I have to turn up. Logan Von Doom. It's very foreboding as far as names go. I'm assuming it's fake, but it could be real. He could be like a villain. It's related to Victor Von Doom, yes. Who's Victor Von Doom? Dr. Doom. Um, oh. <laughs> all right. Logan. Let's see. <laughs> Logan, if you are speaking, we cannot hear you, sadly. While we're waiting for Logan to get his life together, Steve, I think we should give do away the first pair the of chat? tickets. So here's my thought. I was thinking, what if we give everyone a moment to get focused on the chat space? You can fire off a trivia question. First answer that pops up in the chat space wins. Works for me. First correct answer that pops up in the chat space. First so everyone... Correct. Yeah, if, you, if you're interested in winning tickets, get yourself into the chat down there at the bottom and get your typing fingers ready. Steve's going to fire off a question. Whoever gets the first correct answer wins the prize. Wins which the is prize. It's not sitting... Carlo Koliakovo, Justin. <laughs> I guarantee you, whatever the question is, it's not the answer will not be Carlo Koliakovo, which Wait, I don't regrettably, think that's the right spelling. But it's close enough. Do you remember the time we were at the game? I think it might have been Flyers Predators, and we were on the concourse, like asking people to spell stuff like Carlo Coliacovo. Yeah, oh my God, we were. Um, that was fun. So, Kelly, I, I might need you to fact check my second question, but we can ask the first question because that one we know for a fact. Okay. Okay. So brace yourselves. This is going Get ready in the, in chat. the chat. Get ready okay. in the chat. If you're, you want to win a pair of tickets, and if you only want to go solo, you can always forfeit. We'll find somebody else to take the other ticket. But yeah, in theory, a pair of tickets to tomorrow night's game, Claude Giroux's thousandth game. This is a simple question. I think most people should know this. All right. Claude Giroux is, Claude Giroux is known for wearing number 28, but it was not his only number with the Flyers. What was Claude Giroux's first jersey number with the Philadelphia Flyers? Adam Bortz is the winner. Quick to the draw. Quick, quick to, the draw. to the draw. I didn't Very finish quick. the question. That's amazing. Not that it was the h hardest question, <laughs> but, you know, I wanted, I, I mean, you know, for where people have been, been here a bit. I think Jeff Mang's got the old 56 uh, G jersey. Adam Bortz, um, DM me on Twitter your email address. Even though I'm not supposed to be on Twitter right now, I will make an exception to get you your tickets. So just shoot me your email address and I will email you your tickets. Regrettably, you have to sit with us. But you will be at the game for free. Tragic. Uh, for the record, by the way, if uh, you are at the game tomorrow night, we will be there, and at least Kelly and I. 
And uh, James, I think you're going too. Is that right? Yeah, I'll be there. James yeah, is going. Megan's there. going. Megan's yeah. going. I will. Uh, I may cry a few tears. I've discovered. I think. I, I think I am a hockey crier. Um, so if you see me weeping, ignore me. But I, I'm going to have. We may or may not be doing a video thing for the site. We'll see. But uh, feels I, spicy. Let's do it. it. Yeah. I mean, you know, but what's the what's the section we're going to be in the concourse? Is one twenty six? Where uh, section one twenty is where our seats are. One twenty. Yeah. Okay, so section we'll be outside section one twenty during the first intermission, and uh, I, you know, say hi. Uh, I'm going to have some fly stickers, some fly purpley stickers, some phantom fix stickers, and uh, some fly purpley temporary tattoos for anybody interested in the, that. So. <laughs> could not be interested in that that was a birthday gift from my girlfriend's mother actually it was very nice i i really enjoyed that i'm gonna go fact check your other question go fact check my other question we will have another giveaway for tickets shortly logan let's see if we can hear you this time you are mute currently if you unmute we'll see if we can hear you logan you there buddy all right hello 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 can you all hear me we got you this time how's it going um well you know just uh you know <laughs> I know. Coping. Um, I do me. Trying to cope, you know. Um, He's weeping in his iron mask. <laughs> not ready for uh, our great ginger captain to be uh, sent away, you know. Um, you make so. it sound like he's going to Siberia. <laughs> I mean... Siberia. I mean, he's, he's going to the farm. He's going to a farm upstate. He's going to have a lot of room to run around. He'll be very happy. Listen, uh, I have no idea where he's going. I now, is it a weed farm or is it an orange grove farm? So I want to talk about something a little different. Uh, what's his name from Montreal? Just got traded um, and got a first, Girard. a fourth, and a prospect. Yes. Mm. Am I asinine for thinking Justin Braun is getting at least a second from a contending team? Is Sherrod on an expiring deal? I have no idea. Yes, he is. Yeah. Oh well, then. No, actually, no. I think. Wait, I um, one more year. I will look at cap friendly. I think he had one more year, but no, you're right, Logan. Like, if you know what's interesting about Trot is that the hype machine and the way like he's been marketed since like November, like everyone for for, almost completely like unqualified. It's like, all right, well, Trot's gonna get traded for a first, and it's like, all right, he's a reliable defenseman, but. I wouldn't give a first up for him. It's just like this sort of like arms, like angel trade deadline, artificial value to him. But cool. to your point, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. It's like I see Dom, uh, Dom, man whose last name I cannot pronounce. Luschichin. Okay, that's <laughs> that sounds fine. I guess. What's the Kurt pronunciation on that? Oh, I need to remember. Is it loose chicken, Kurt? Loose chicken. Loose chicken. Kurt's here, by the way. If you want to have him on. Oh wow. Well, he okay. needs to call. Yeah, him. it's like, it's loose. No, okay, he is on an expiring deal. I'm looking at cap friendly right now. Right. So we're we should get a second at least for Justin Braun. I would say bare minimum a third, but a second would be fantastic. I, I think you could get a second, but I would expect at bare minimum a third. Am I crazy for talking myself into thinking maybe, just maybe, Chucky Two Trades could redeem himself a little bit for that Risto signing? Oh, baby, he won't. No, you're, I know you're he won't. crazy. I know he won't. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I'm from West Virginia and a Philadelphia sports fan, so I got the double dose of sadness coming out. 
that's that's mountain sadness too. I know it's mountain sadness. So you know, I just treat it with uh, the stuff where if they make it wrong, I go blind. <laughs> Fantastic. That's that's the content we're here for. I mean, I, I hear you. Like, I, I think Chuck can do a lot of right things at this deadline, and he needs to sell. I really don't want to see them double down on this team. That will drive me insane. I mean, part of me wonders, like, okay, we know Clarky and Lombardi are there in his ear. We also know Chuck was swayed heavily back when he was in Minnesota to do the Suter and the Parise deals. That was highly pressured by the owner of the Minnesota, um, I'm a said Vikings, holy hell, uh, wild. So he's susceptible to be listening to people he probably shouldn't at times. And that's what scares the hell out of me is, oh my God, he's going to listen to people Look, that really don't need to be talking to him. I'm so glad you brought that up. Because you know what's been, like, been fun? Thinking about like a mega deal. So, like, just in the same way that, like, Holmgren and, like, Clarkie got rid of Richardson Card in the same day, like, has anyone considered the possibility if they, like, packaged Drew and or Provorov and Braun to get, like, Newhook and Byram get, like, super spicy? I mean... Like, that could be fun. I'm here for I, it. I am worried they're going to trade Sanheim instead of Provorov. I know, but I don't want to say it out loud. <laughs> I'm trying not to, but listen, listen. Mountain sadness. Loud and the loud part quiet. I got the mountain sadness coming through me, so it's like I got to prepare myself. I can see. Bill's every... here. <laughs> I can see every time you That's say mountain sadness, it's just like I see this tin roof and it's raining, and there's there's your still. I it's very it's very uh, picturesque. Um, it's, it's a painting. I can see it in my head. <laughs> so, another question. If y'all could train, if y'all could change one thing in G's tenure, what would it be? And this is, I, I'm just going to make, I'm going to clarify one thing here because obviously the biggest thing is win the a Stanley Cup, cup right? <laughs> but well, no, like, 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 like one move, not like outright, like, oh, ultra history, ah. now it's going to cup. Okay, that, that's what I wanted to, hmm. to clarify here because right. it is important because if you change one thing, yeah, it's yes, yes, yes. But like, there's so many dominoes that have happened and gone very poorly for the Flyers. Like we just talked about Shea Weber a few minutes ago, and right. that's obviously a huge turning point for the Flyers right there. Uh, frankly, if I change one thing, and this might be an unpopular thing to even bring up, but I do not blow up the team like Paul Holmgren did back in back before the 2012 season. Yep, that is correct, mm -hmm. Bill. And Bill just said it in the chat. That is the correct answer. Yeah. You run it back in 2011, yes. Right. So, like, don't get me wrong. I've said this repeatedly that Paul Holmgren got uh, very good returns for Carter and Richards. But, like... Oh, absolutely. They're Carter and Richards. They're the guys who immediately went out and won a Stanley Cup with the LA Kings. And on top of that, Brizgalov is obviously the move that was just a disaster in all of that. You move your two best or two of your best players to bring in Ilya Brizgalov is still one of the most asinine things of all time. So th that's your biggest thing right there because you have such a great team that you completely destroy. And again, they brought in some good players, but like you had very good players and you brought it in for just a shitty goaltender. So I was at the game where Pronger got hit in the eye. That was it. That's that's that was what I was about to say. That's the one. My one Hi, Kurt. is. Yeah. After Kirk gets hurt, or after, I'm oh, sorry, after Pronger gets hurt, you just 
scrap it right there if you're going to scrap it. Don't don't half sail. Try not to bottom out. Just commit. Scorch the earth right then and there. Well, we know if the Flyers are bad at one thing, it's scorching the earth for <laughs> rebuilding. The right wrong there. way. They scorch the earth, but not in the way you want them to. Yeah, that would be mine. It's just like right there when Pronger takes that stick to the eye, just done. Scrap it. Like shut it down. Yeah. As I say, there's a commercial on Bar Rescue on YouTube TV. Oh, there you go. You let down your father, Flyers. They're very upset. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm sad, but I'm slowly coming to grips with the fact that tomorrow is probably his last, uh, last uh, time in a flyer sweater. Well, look, it, what it was might your favorite be the memory? bourbon in my peach tea talking, but I feel like I, I've come to acceptance for a few weeks, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, as James asked, what, what was your favorite memory, Logan? Like, what's favorite your favorite G memory? Yeah. Um, there was a game I want to say right before uh, the world ended uh, when COVID blew up. They were in Washington. And living in the D.C. area, uh, not able to make it up to all the games in Philadelphia as often as I'd like, they just beat the bejesus out of Washington. And I don't remember G going off that game so much. I think Coots had like a three or four point night. But I just remember that game being fun and that being indicative of what Bill says was like the, the two or three months of fun we got from when the team was good. Um, that may be recency bias speaking more, but that's one that jumps out to me. Um, obviously, uh, the game against the Rangers in, what was it, 17 or 18? Those are up there, but I don't know. Just uh, there's so many to choose from. And little rant here. If I see one more person tweet out G's career earnings as reason of why, you know, whatever like no that's beside the point like the man deserved better well and also like i I hate people who do that stuff it's just it's just obnoxious to do that kind of thing and and frankly he's earned those contracts those have been really good contracts for us because he's been the flyers best player for most of those seasons like you can argue all you want about jake boracek making about the same amount for his like you know 200 assists a year and believe me that's a debate in and of itself but like if you're telling me that Claude Drew hasn't earned those contracts, uh, you can go kick rocks. I do not give a shit about your opinion. Every hockey player is underpaid, fam. Every single one. Oh, my God. Yeah. I always go Every back to the story of one of my coworkers who didn't watch the NHL asking me, like, what the top NHL player made. And I was like, I think, like, $14 million. He laughed. He said, are you serious? Yeah, what does Connor McDavid make? He didn't miss 12-5. I think one of some, like, third receiver just got 12-5 yesterday yeah yeah dj shark just got 10 million and he's been hurt dj shark man dj shark meanwhile connor mcdavid makes let's see 12.5 yeah 12.5 it's a joke it's a joke it's a complete joke so who gives a shit also it ain't your money don't forget they don't take home nearly maybe like 60% of that maybe oh, yeah, yes escrow and all that don't get me started on and NHL labor practices I could go this all is, night this is now the union <laughs> your favorite here. hockey player is not taking home all of what you see on cap friendly he's not right. overpaid 
He's way underpaid. And not only is he underpaid contract-wise, but his boss is paying him X amount of dollars and then taking half of it back for reasons. And he'll never see it again. So, you know. Never complain about an NHL salary. Never. Never. Thank you. And good night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, y'all, that's really all I got. Um, Thank you. Logan, thank you. Your accent is delightful. I love Uh, accents. uh, That is uh, West Virginia with a Baltimore influence. (laughs) Perfection. All right. Thanks, Logan. Appreciate you calling in, man. Thank you all. I appreciate you all very much. All right. Um, we're going to go to Anna shortly. Kurt, you have joined stealthily while we were uh, during that during that discussion. Anything you'd like to add about Mr. Claude Giroux at this time? Um, I mean, I came in a little – hi, everyone. I came in a little late, so I, I assume most of the good stuff's already been said. I'm just sad. I'm just sad, you guys. It didn't have to be like this. Just all the, the failures him, and yeah. Chucky two trades and Ronnie no him. trades and he, Paul too many trades. You know, you're happy for him, but like he, this is hard for him. You can tell, like, you know, he's, I mean, oh, yeah. he at this point is going to get, there wouldn't be this, there wouldn't be all this talk about it, but like, you know, all the talk about how this is a tough decision for him. And obviously, you know, he wants to win. So end of the day, it's a business decision, but I don't know. He, he grew up here. He, you know, we we saw you, you everyone saw the the photo montage the flyers tweeted out of his smug shots that went up today like he was you know he's become you know a real person here this is been here 12 years by most objective measures will go down as at worst the third and probably the second best flyer of all time and because of what this team has done for the last 12 years we have to you know there are people sitting here having a conversation about like his what his legacy really is here and like it makes me sad because that's you know how much of that does he wear i'd argue not much um no one ever no one no one that ever decided it was the team's best player's fault really ever ended up being right about it and i feel like anyone who actually not and i i feel like anyone who actually thinks that claude drew is leaving is like a good thing long-term not you know I'm, I'm just sort of rambling at this point i'm i'm sad but, I, I, kurt i was gonna say this is like such a classic like look what they've done to my boy kind of moment here basically yeah i mean and by the way my laugh a couple minutes ago uh i was laughing because bill put in the 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 chat here kingery gonna get six million from the phillies this year more than all but five flyers Scott <laughs> kingery who can't play any position well yeah, you know, that, that linebacker the Eagles assigned makes more than any player in the NHL, though granted in the NFL contracts are fake anyways. So, um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I'm guessing you guys talked about the various memories and whatnot. Um, you know, we've had posts up on the site. Um, the video is really good. That's true. I'm excited for people to see the video. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it just just sucks, man. wasn't supposed to be like this. I'm like – in the summer when they said we're going to wait until the season ends to sign Claude to an extension, you know, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, okay, well, hopefully this team's going to be good. And that's not, you know, that's just a formality, but well, then I the team the, sucked the first... ass. And now 
you know, clearly he wasn't all the way in on it, which, and like, I don't blame him for that because obviously, you know, you see what this team has become, but it's just hard. It didn't, you know, it sucks that this is how it's going to end for, you know, the second or third best player in franchise history. Yeah. Like coming into the season, I did, I actually didn't think for a second that he wouldn't be a flyer after the season until the Couturier extension. And then I looked at how much Couturier was going to be making. And this isn't, you know, on Couturier, but I, I looked at it. And I'm like, how the hell are they going to make a Claude Giroux extension work now? Fuzzy math going on there. Yeah, it's, and that's the other thing. We, we, we You start thinking about this team post Giroux, uh, whether, again, next week or next year. And Katori is the captain. And, like, and especially as Megan was talking, and you kind of think about the, his entire career, and you think about the lineage of, like, the guy or the franchise player going from, like, I don't know, Gagne, or Gagne to Richards-esque and now over to Giroux, and now it's just going to be Katorie. And it, it it feels incomplete. And it's because th- that's the thing that this team is franchise the city. It's always had like very big, heavy names. And to hockey nerds, like Katorie is an exceptional player. He He's a borderline Olympic guy, right? But he's not this huge person or personality like, like a Giroux or, or going to be like the face of your marketable face of your fa- franchise, right? Well, Katoria is also not the guy who's the, the living higher highlight reel that Claude Giroux is. Like Claude Giroux has these just amazing stick moves and and scores these phenomenal goals, at least he used to. And Katoria is the guy who does a ton of shit right, but it's a lot of stuff that like if you're watching the game properly, you notice. But you know, it's it's not really like the flashy stuff. Right. If you like, you're not going to go tell the chuds or the, the uh, all the like the Facebook people of the world like, oh, wow, look at Sean Victoria angle that guy off and he really looped and he got inside and his man and stuff like that. Like, like who's going to who's going to be excited about that besides like, you know, a, a very small percentage of people. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down. We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. I'm enjoying the chat right now where uh, basically Adam said per Apple Yard's uh, chart, he's dragged everyone else upwards except for Thompson. He was so bad, G couldn't drag his lifeless body into positive stat territory. And then Bill said, fact that G had to play a single shift with Nate Thompson is an indictment of the entire organization. All these are rocks. Did, did, did we talk about it? Or I don't remember. I was mostly offline today. Did, did it, anything go up with the stat that someone who will not be named in our Slack out of you know, <laughs> confidentiality reasons found about 
the defenseman Giroux has spent time with during his time with the Flyers? No, he who shall not be named said that he started to write something up about it, but decided that he hated it, so he stopped. Which oh, is you're like talking about Dave Yeah, ex- <laughs> extremely that guy's M.O. Um, also, Kurt's, Kurt's picture is giving me life. It's like so perfect for this particular <laughs> shot. It really um, is. But yeah, I don't I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was staggering. If you do remember what fine. it was. I'm going to find this. I'm going to yeah, roll it, back in Slack and okay. find this. So you it's go gonna, to Slack It's going to mess everybody up. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Kelly, in the meantime, we're going to get to Anna in a second. But Kelly, did you uh, fact check my second question? I did. Actually, Jay Polinski did. And it is correct. Okay. So you excellent. Can, you're good to go. Yeah. All right. So it's another pair of tickets, right, Kelly? Yeah. Another pair of tickets. Get ready in the chat if you would like to try to win a pair of tickets. Okay. To, to tomorrow's Claude game. Giroux. Claude Giroux's thousandth game. <clears throat> you want to sit with us and yell like a bunch of maniacs. The question is, what team did Claude Giroux score the most points against? Kevin, no. Logan Von Doom is correct. Logan. Logan Von Doom. Logan Von Doom, are you not in West Virginia? Are you driving up for this game? Logan, if you spoiled my (laughs) question, I'm going to... Now we need another furious. question. Or he's Logan super is out of the chats. Oh, Logan is in Baltimore, so he can okay. well, All right, cool. All right, then the tickets are yours, my dude. Excellent. All right, congrats to Logan. Yes, it is the New York Islanders uh, beating out the Pittsburgh Penguins by a few points. So it was the Islanders and then the Penguins, I believe. Logan, if you're on Twitter.com, please DM me your email address, and I will email you the tickets. Okay, I, if you're I found, not on Twitter.com, do something else. Okay. Um, I, found, I found the the horrifying statistic. I'm sorry, we can get to it in a second. Um, the uh, the the statistic is since 2012, um, of all of Giroux's five on five ice time, 47% of it has come with at least one of Grossman, Shen, Luke Shen, of course, uh, McDonald, Manning, Haig, or Ristolainen also on the ice. Well, that's disgusting. I'm I'm going to become the Joker. <laughs> 75%. Like, if you really wanted to sum up how the Flyers have wasted this man's time. It's wild, right? It's right there. It, it wounds me physically, actually. Just the inability of this front office to put together a competent defense for over a decade is insane to me. That just makes me admire G so much more because he's got this albatross around his neck his entire career, and look what he's still accomplished. Look at Anna coming in high. I love it. Yeah, yes. absolutely. <laughs> like you look, you look at those. Like it's so easy to forget those defensive lineups from like post Pronger injury and like post like once Teamman started to slow down, and then when he you know suffered his clots and then left. And when, like, Braden Coburn, who, God bless him, was a fine NHLer, was your number one defenseman. And then Mark Streit, who was fine until his dick fell off, but was also never really supposed to be a number one defenseman. Um, you look at those lineups up from that point until Ghost and Provorov showed up. It was real bad. Like, real, real bad. Like, really embarrassing, frankly. Mark Streit. Just going to forever be remembered as the, the guy who broke his dick. The guy who broke his dick. There are worse things to be remembered for. 
All right. That's, that's close to the bottom for me. I'll say that. <laughs> well, you can not... be remembered for being Hitler. You know, okay, when you put it like that, <laughs> dick, broken dick or Hitler, there you go. That's a conversation <laughs> the, right the there. The endless dichotomy of the world, broken dick or Hitler. <laughs> there you go. Adam, what do, you, what do you guys say about Claude Giroux tonight? What, what are you here so to I talk about? So I have two sort of back-to-back G memories. So the first one was in 2018. It was the end of the season. We were playing the Rangers, and we were so close to the playoffs, and Claude Giroux had a goddamn hat trick, and we were going to get a box because it was my girlfriend's bachelorette weekend, but we couldn't afford it, so we went to Xfinity instead. And she started crying when he scored the third goal. I thought it was so cute because she was so happy we made the playoffs. Oh, and that's really nice. That, Actually, like, joy of making the playoffs. Imagine that. Yeah, right? <laughs> Simpler times. And then the following year, I was at a game, and there was a couple of old dudes sitting next to me, and they were complaining about Drew. And I turned to him, and I said, he scored 103 points last season. What more do you want from him? And they shut right up. Yes, I love that. I felt very proud of myself. As you should. Like, the, the, people just saying stuff all the time. And that's the worst part. It's just everyone, just the, the unqualified and unnecessary, like, angst and, um, and hate against this guy. And he's done everything that you've ever wanted. Yeah, he plays every, he plays it all. You know, he's a great two-way player. He's always been. And just, it drives me nuts. Like, I remember the season I think I went the, the baddiest with him was, I think, it was it one of the abbreviated seasons where he didn't score a goal until, like, yeah. 18 games into the season? Something like he that. He still had, like, 10 that points, was, though. I'm pretty sure that was the year he, like, was a heart finalist. Yeah, it took him, like, 15 games to score a goal. And yeah. then he carried that team to the playoffs. That was the first Craig Berube year, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, so was, at the, the I was at the game that he finally like, scored the goal. And it was like jubilation in the stands. It was great to actually see. But uh, like it, that was crazy, though, because he was still putting up points. It was also similar to when Yager came in. And I think Yager's first seven games or so, he didn't score a goal. But he had a ton of assists and people were complaining. I'm like, the guy's putting up a ton of points and he's like 100 years old. What do you want from him? Man, that year, that that year, that was the year, the Yager year, that like obviously Drew was really good before then, but that was the year that gave us like so much hope to like, oh, oh no, he's really that dude. And if you want to talk about underrated so Claude Giroux moments, like number one, that whole G unit line with Claude Giroux, Hartnell, and Yager was, mm. I think, one of the best Flyers lines I've ever watched. They were just poetry in motion. They were fantastic together. Yager using his big ass in the corner. Hartnell falling all over the place, but somehow scoring a ton of goals. And G just with silky smooth mitts, like fantastic. I love that. But the moment when Hartnell and Drew make the all-star game and they do the Yager salute during introductions. Oh, so great. Oh, and suck it for enough. Come on. Suck it for enough. The Sedin triplets. <laughs> Emily had asked me recently something like she had seen Dion Phaneuf in like a, I don't know, something to do with his, his wife, Alicia Cuthbert. And she asked me something about Dion Phaneuf. I'm like, oh, yeah, Scott Hartnell told him to suck it one time. <laughs> Side note, remember from that All-Star game when they did – that was the last year that they did, like, the, the draft format, which was awesome and fun, and then they just decided to stop doing it because they were mad that the players got drunk. And now the NBA uses it to great – And it's really everybody. funny. It's so good. Oh, my God. NHL falls ass backwards and do a good idea. And it's like, well, we can't have that. Yeah. 
Yeah, just just stolen by the other sports and made better. So great, classic NHL. So Anna, where do you want Drew to go? Oh, that's such a difficult question because it's so fluky with the playoffs. It could be anybody, really. Seattle, but, reunite him with Dave Haxtell. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Um, I don't know. I think Colorado is a decent, a decent landing spot for him. They're moving out money, so it seems like they're trying to get him. Who's the wild card that you think, like, because you know how these things work. It's, it's always it's someone that no one ever thinks of. Who, who's a good wild card for you? Ooh, hmm. I'm trying to think, think of somewhere he would go. That's the thing. Like, Boston? So, like, would St. He go Louis to Boston? has been thrown out there, but I don't, th- I don't really like their cup chances too much. But yeah. to Anna's point, he would go there. His friends are there. Baruby, Shen. He loves the chef. That's a good loves- point. Yeah, I guess I'd have to go with St. Louis on that one. Uh, Kurt's man. got some thoughts on St. Louis. <laughs> it's fine. I, I I don't know if this has been discussed, and Logan said it in the comments right now. I I, I kind of I like what Calgary's doing. I don't. There's been no buzz about them, but I like if if they could find a way to make that work. They need. They're clearly pushing him in this year, and he could play with John Hockey. And then when they win a cup, they both come back here. Um, I'm 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 kidding about that last part mostly, oh, but also you just you just laid out like people have had dreams about this exact scenario, Kurt. Basically, yeah, I mean you know they they've won the cup and they're like all right we can come home now we'll be best friends. So say G does win a cup with his next team, does he make the Hall of Fame? No. Like, they, think about all the guys that have to get ahead, go in ahead of him, like Alex McGinley, Ronick, Keith Kachuk. Mike Richter and Paverbeek, Turgeon. But what if he just plays long enough so none of those guys are a factor? The Mark Recky style. What but, if it's no. what if it's Slim Pickens at that point? Finkel's favorite. What if he plays um, another fifteen years like Dr. Mark Recky? How dare you? <laughs> Who played until he was sixty-seven years old? Wait, if he gets to a thousand points and wins a cup, you don't yeah. think he's getting in the hall? Of I fame? agree with. I, I think he is. If, if he if he plays for a few more years and wins a cup. Yeah, yeah. You think though? I think the problem with G's legacy is that some dickhead said he was the greatest player in the world one time, and everybody laughed at that, and no one took him seriously ever again. Well, you know, Bobby Clark is on the Hall of Fame selection committee, so and it is really just a popularity contest and a high school class president voting system. So maybe <laughs> that's those are that's the real facts right there from James. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You're that, you're just telling it like it is. So right now, you know, to throw some gambling in there, the, the Flames have the fourth highest cup odds currently on a unnamed uh, betting app right now they're plus 900 they're behind the lightning panthers and avalanche because i mean they're good and unlike all these other teams they don't have like a total murderer's row lined up for the first round or two of the playoffs because their division sucks like they they could um because vegas decided that they were going to try and pull tampa and sit their best player to the playoffs and now they might not make the playoffs which is so funny you know, um, hilariously, by the way, Vegas is still one, two, three, four, five, six. They have the seventh best odds still, which makes no sense to me. I guess you figure you make the playoffs and you can insert Mark Stone into your lineup along with Jack Eichel. It's like, oh, okay, they're good, but got to make them first. Yeah, who knows how, how they... long it's going to take Jack to get up to speed again? 
I mean, he's scoring some goals there now. Yeah, but he's not Jack Eichel. But then again, you know, he just had that crazy surgery. So I'm, well, it's impressive he's doing what he is doing. He might just that be cursed. Team, you know, I, that team needs Mark Stone. Our, that's the big thing. So it's so funny. I remember, like, in in the various conversations that have been had about Rasmus Rostelainen in the eight months since he got traded to the Flyers, thinking about how, like, you know, the two guys who were on the Sabres that whole time that they were terrible were him and Jack Eichel. And it's like, and you're thinking, well, which one of those guys is more likely to be driving positive results and which one is more likely to be driving negative results? And you know what? Maybe they're both bad. We thought about that. Maybe Eight Jack months? I- maybe Jack Eichel just has really bad vibes, as, as I think someone said on Twitter the other day. Maybe he's I have got, been saying got this bad for vibes. Years, and no Steph's one here, by the way. listen to me talk about how bad Jack Eichel is, and now y'all are coming yes. over to my side? Yes, Hello? I would just talk about how he has stupid hair. He's a good hockey oh, player. Okay. Stupid hair. <laughs> Listen. Steph just coming in from the back row to scream about Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel actually bad. Kurt set Eight me up perfectly. Months? I wasn't even going to talk for a while. I can't believe that you guys are still here, by the way. I can't believe I'm still here either. I popped in an hour and a half ago, and I saw that everything was going well, and you didn't need me to talk to myself. And amazing, you're still here. We've this given away two testament. pairs of tickets, and we've had many people that want to speak, and, you know. People love Claude Giroux, and I I think that there is a really loud minority that thinks that he's bad, but I think that tonight and this week, really good testament. People love Claude Giroux. People love Claude Giroux as much as Claude Giroux loves Shania Twain. Very true. All right, let's. Uh, so we got another caller uh, that wants to join shortly. But uh, Anna, any uh, parting thoughts on Claude Giroux that you wanted to share with everybody? Oh uh, no, I've said my piece. Have a good night, everybody. All right, hey, thanks. Anna. Bye, Anna. Hold on, wait, real quick. Plot twist. Logan only needed one ticket, so we have one more ticket to give away for someone that wants to go solo to the oh, game wow. tomorrow. Okay, we got. So one everyone solo just ticket. consider that. We'll come up with another know. question in yeah, the next okay. couple Make minutes. Okay. Anna, you, you, you jumped so right back I, on. So what's up? I don't have um, someone to go to the game with me. So if you want to take my extra ticket and combine it with Logan's extra ticket and give away a pair, that's fine by me. Oh, oh community. Love it. Thank you. That's so That's very generous of you. We appreciate that. Okay, so Logan and Anna are going to be new friends, which I personally love. Okay, well, we'll we'll brainstorm another question. We now have a ton of people that can talk while I look up another question. But real quick, and Bill's joined us too, so we got Bill to talk. But Andrew's been waiting a minute. Let's add Andrew. Andrew, how you doing? Hey, guys. Um, joining the call here fairly late. Um, but I had a hot take for you with the – uh, Drew Memorial, I guess you would want to call it as a uh, captain in the Flyers uniform. My hot take is I am glad they signed Ristolainen for five years, and I hope they sign Keith Yandel for three or four years. Yes. It... Chaos take. It's well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, because I, I want them to get good hockey players, and the only way to get the next Claude Drew who can bring us to the Stanley Cup finals is by being bad. 
um, and get high draft picks. Oh, see, so you are. This is just the full tank train right here. Frank, the tank is in charge. Well, the, the, there's also a alternative to this. It's just the I the I, I at least hope that if we sign Yandel and Ristolainen and they propel us to the bottom of the NHL, hopefully, maybe at that point, they fire Chuck Fletcher, they get rid of the old boys club, and they bring in people who can actually run an organization. So the next Claude Giroux isn't, you know, the, the best winger he's with isn't raffle for five years. And they'd sell this team to Lindy Lou Snyder. I love it. I heard an organization. You sound Canadian, Andrew. I mean, I'm in northern Vermont, so what's the difference? Oh, yeah, that's Canadian. <laughs> May as well. All right. I mean, I, I hear you. I hear you. They need t- high-end talent, and the only way to get that is be high in the draft, right? It's It, it makes sense. Uh, oh, yeah, contract. it just it like hurts my soul Real to bad. hear the words. I'm glad they resigned Ristolainen. Just it's, <laughs> it's so long and it's so much money. Like, and he's I, so not good. I've, I've been telling everyone all year, you know, all four people who listen to me about hockey, that I hope Ristolainen plays 30 minutes a night. I hope Yandel is power play and penalty kill one and just is the guy that is relied on all the time because – I don't want this team to win. I want to get the first pick in the draft. Well, you know, Yandel won't be and coming out of the lineup. The, uh, the only other thing I would say is it's hilarious. It, it's hilarious that uh, Ben Sherratt got a first-round pick, a first and a fourth-round pick. And yeah, I was very surprised by that. Anybody else have any thoughts on the Sherratt deal? That's a lot for Ben. No, I, I didn't. That wasn't going to rhyme on purpose, but that is a lot for Ben Sherrod. Um Put on a shirt. Yeah. Yeah. And as someone said, if he can get a one and a four, Justin Braun, who is a veteran right-handed defenseman who has played in the playoffs before, which as we know matters, you got to be able to get something for him. Even if he's like a number five defenseman, <laughs> got it. Yeah. You got to get some nice things for him. Someone will give them to you. No doubt. Thanks, guys. Great. Hope you have a good night. Thanks, Andrew. You too, thank you, Andrew. Bill, you've been silent. What's going on, man? I was trying to figure out how to work the mute button. I didn't realize how difficult it was. Uh, hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. good. Well, that's good. <laughs> Welcome to BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz, your director of fun and games for the evening. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are tonight? there two Bills speaking? I... I no, mean, that's Kelly. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> the girls are talking. The, the girls. The girls. You know, the females. Now, I just wanted to jump in real quick. I've been listening for a bit, and uh, I just had a couple of G things I wanted to get to. I think that's the uh, I think that's the topic a tonight, G right, Drew? Yes. Like, yeah. Now, my my everlasting memories of him, now that I really think about it, are um, when he was playing beer pong in the double wrist casts, 
And when his uh, when his golf club allegedly exploded, I thought those were those were just monumental moments in team <laughs> history. Oh yeah, the double casts are amazing. Iconic picture. Iconic in the cast. That and, and the one of him singing with Brad Marchand. You know, just the the, the real the real Claude Giroux moments. What was, was it? Isn't there a bar picture? Is it with Jeff Carter? Something he's like. He's like, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Yep. Was it Jeff Carter? He's like behind I the bar. I think that's Jeff like Carter, yeah. Doing a invisible stick cross check or something like that. Like it's a, it's a very funny, Claude Giroux is very drunk picture. And all these things were like in a month of like each other, like one summer. I think Buttgate was the same summer, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Or no, or the wrists no, may have been before then. The butts, the, the butt thing was 14. If I remember yeah, the, right. Butts was after he met Ryan. All of the other stuff was before. And we haven't no. even brought up the most iconic picture of Claude Giroux, and that's him in a walking boot. Oh, the walking <laughs> boot. I feel like we're we're definitely like now the old heads of Flyers people. So there I know that we've talked about it a bunch of times, but explain the walking boot picture. So back in, I, I, I can't even remember what season it is at this point, but uh, the Flyers beat writers used to be, what a phenomenal group they used to be. Just the best. Tim Pedaccio, Randy J. Miller, Slam and Sammy, all the big names. And one day, Randy J. Miller was like, Claude Giroux is in a walking boot, and I got proof, and he took a picture. And the picture is, Claude Giroux, but he's behind like a giant receptionist desk and he's giving the dirtiest look to Randy J. Miller. But the most important thing is you can't actually see his feet. So you have no idea if he's in a walking boot, but Randy J. Miller put it out there as here's your proof. He's in a walking boot. And he's making like such a, what the fuck are you doing face? It's amazing. I would argue Um, it's the most iconic picture of Claude Giroux. (laughs) <laughs> so when I joined earlier, Kelly was talking about uh, the time that Claude Giroux dyed his mustache for the playoffs. And that's just another iconic Giroux moment. Like, what are you doing, bro? Dyed it black, by the way. It was beautiful. It was. The contrast between his red hair, too. Like, like well, that, actually, that's when I started dating my uh, wife back then. She's like, What's wrong with that guy's face? Like, look, you just don't understand style. It's cool. It's just hockey players. Come on. <laughs> decidedly not cool, but I guess he was trying to pull but off. It, it was so uncool that it was cool. Right. Come on. Yeah, it swings yeah. back around. It, it definitely swung back around. It was like, all right, this is what we're doing. Cool. And that, that that's what I loved about it so much. It just is like, like all these things, like Buckgate, like all this sort of stuff, this is just like classic, like epitome, like hockey player hijinks that it's only funny to other hockey players and people that like like the game. Like it's, do, it's just being. Do you guys clown. remember? Um, he was doing a. It was a post game interview from the bench. It was probably like he was the first star of the night or something. Um, and Michael Roffel walked by in mid interview, like with the microphone still on his face, going, Fuck you, Raff, fuck you, Raff. Because yeah. <laughs> they're just a bunch of children. It's like, No, don't touch me. Don't touch me. I'm not talking to you. Like, yeah. Called JVR a pigeon. A pigeon. That was in uh, as... JC's highlights article today. 
Drew was as ridiculous as, like, I guess not as ridiculous as Mike Richards, but as ridiculous as anyone in that crew, and it never affected his game. Like, he was still – he'll never be remembered this way, but talking to JJ in that interview I did this week, if you haven't listened to it, check it out on the Broad, Broad Street Hockey podcast feed. Like, he just said Drew's competitiveness is what he'll always remember about him. And – the fact that he brought it every night and was a badass in that way. Like you think he played the game at under 200 pounds and wasn't hurt. He was fucking hurt all the time. And it makes me think not even, you know, oh, what if we got him a sniper and everything? What if there were just other lines who could have done the hard work and he could have just been a skill player, the numbers he could have put up if he just didn't have to fucking do every single thing for this team for a decade that's like what I'll remember about him. Not even just what if, just what if he could have done the thing he was best at instead of everything. Oh, right. Like we even found out like in the past couple of years that he's better as a winger and they couldn't even keep him at the goddamn wing. Well, he's great on face off. So he has to be the center. Oh yeah. But great like, they just, they tried everything this year with every shitty center on the roster and they still had to be like, well, I still need to put Claude there because this team is terrible. No, but like we were talking about earlier with the shitty defensemen, like the real problem with having shitty defensemen is that the forwards have to do so much extra work, so much extra skating, take so many extra like hits and body contact and dig out 50-50 pucks when the defenseman can't effectively get the puck up ice. So when you watch like like any kind of video, pick a random year, whatever, when he has to keep constantly looping, constantly chipping off dudes because – Carlo Colivacavo can't get a puck out. Whoa, or he no, can't Carlo, just like, uh... no, Carlo. <laughs> Carlo keeps coming up at tonight, and it's just amazing to me. It, it, it's kind of like one of those earworms, or like, you, it, I just, I hadn't literally thought it's about the guy stuff. in like 10 years. <laughs> it, 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 the alliteration. Colivacavo. That's going to be my Colivacavo. new vocal warm up before the podcast. Carlo Colivacavo. No, but like, I, like Bill is saying, it's just like, it, it's it's death by a thousand cuts and he's just like doing so much like one he has to skate one extra lap or he's taking one extra hit and 16 years of that crap it adds up and it takes a toll as a stanley cup winning coach once said though you should be able to do everything you can do on offense even with all the d zones <laughs> oh boy <laughs> <laughs> y'all want to give away the last pair of tickets yes simple Kirk question yeah, Simple Kurt gave question. us a good question. Oh, He's Kurt gave us a good question. Well, then go, by yeah. all means. Okay. Whomst did Claude Giroux score his 100th point against? Which team? First answer in the chat gets a pair of tickets still tomorrow. Hold up, hold up. I, I believe the question was, I thought, I thought it was goal. A 100th goal, I'm sorry. 100th goal. That's my bad. Wow. Wow. While we're waiting for that answer and for Kelly and Kurt to sort that out, we're going to add Reese. <laughs> Reese has been waiting a bit. Reese, how's it going? You are currently on mute, Reese. Is that Mike? Mike Z- Z- Zadowski? Zadowski? Uh, it looks like Mike, Mike Wazowski. Wazowski, that's it. Oh, wait, he's here now. Hey, Reese. I'm here. Hi, how's it going? Going great, Reese, all things considered. How are you? Uh, I'm hanging in there. Yeah, I hear that. What do, what do you got to share about our boy Claude Giroux tonight? Well, um, he's kind of, for me at least, he was the reason why I became a Flyers fan. Um, 
I remember watching the 20, the 2012 uh, Penguin series and just being so uh, fucking uh, just amazed about, you know, his ability, his one-time ability, his, uh, you know, his ability to just, you know, he doesn't really have it that much anymore, but he was so fast back then. And uh, he could just, he could literally take the puck from the one end of the ice and just either find Danny Gruyere or just find uh, Voracek or Simmons, or you could just snipe it. It was just, and um, he was probably top three back then. So yeah, he's just, you know, that whole Penguin series in general was uh, my favorite memory of him. Well, that was just such a great, rowdy series against the Penguins. Like every game was just an adventure. It was nuts and it was a blast. It's a heartomania too, wasn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think besides that, my fav- other favorite moment of him was when he scored a hat trick for his 100th point against the, the Rangers. That was a, a really great moment. Yeah, that was super cool. And yeah, James, that, that was definitely Hartnell Mania in that series. And that was Yager playing against Pittsburgh and they hated it so much. Like that, to this day, I know that riles up Penguins fans more than anything is the fact that Yager played a season in a Flyers uniform. Yeah, yeah for sure. And uh, I have to uh, ask you guys this question, but what do you think is his single greatest goal that he's ever scored? Ooh. I'm going to go with that Tampa I, I mean, goal. So uh, I know okay. everyone's talked about it a lot, but and uh, I think it was Adam who was on uh, talking about it earlier, and you and uh, Steve, you and Adam talking about it. The, the extra thing that's really special about that stick lift and like where the true intelligence comes in beforehand is that stick lift is premeditated. So while you're going up, go, kind of curling in on that sort of S pattern, and then you're do, doing a toe drag between your legs, it, it's called like attacking the triangle. The triangle is like the space in between uh, the defender's leg and the stick. And he just blows it up. And like, he knows that he's going to reach out and like, he's being able to like know that he's going to reach out beforehand and be able to blow it up as he's doing it. It's just like, it's like matrix level stuff. Yeah. You really had to watch that one in slow motion to truly appreciate just how great of a goal that was. It was just like, you, you saw, you saw it happen in real time and you said, well, that was cool, but then you watch it in slow motion. You go, that's amazing. That is yeah. just a, a stunning goal. That said, I think that's his most impressive one, probably skill-wise, although he had some great shootout goals and stuff like that. But for me, I just always go back to that Stanley Cup final goal, that yeah. game winner against mm-hmm. Chicago. It's just like – and that's early in his career, but it's just – it's a great goal. And that was when he was an up-and-coming player where you're like, yeah. we might have somebody in this Claude Giroux kid. Yeah, the heart and the determination. No, I was just just simply just building off that. Like, uh, he's this little guy, and he goes to the dirty areas to go get that goal. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that was such a great goal. And um, for me personally, it was the uh, against. I think it was against Columbus, and it was uh, overtime. And he was just he was falling on his. uh, He's about to fall, and he just backhanded just absolutely roofs it top shelf yes. without even knowing yep. that was probably my favorite goal of his. Oh my God. I dude, I totally forgot about that. Well, that's how good mm-hmm. this guy is and how many yeah. great moments he's had over the years. That, like I forgot about that. And I'm like, that's a phenomenal goal. That's one of the best goals I've ever seen. Yeah. I lost my shit when that goal happened. Yeah. They were really trailing in that game too. It was like, that was like, yeah. it, it, 
it, it, that was like a culminating moment. It wasn't just think, cool on its own, you know. Yeah, that that's the one I think. Yeah, the, I think it was late. I think it was tied late in the third period when he when that he scored that one. Yeah, and that was actually his hundredth uh, goal for the trivia question here, which I believe has been answered. Oh, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that one would be probably my favorite one, and um, my a few underrated picks would be. Um, I think it was a one-timer at the beginning of the 2015-2016 season against Boston. And uh, he's just absolutely wide. Like, I, I think that's his probably his single best one-timer goal that he, he's ever scored. It was in overtime, and they won 5-4 against Boston. And he just absolutely destroyed the puck. That, that one, and uh, this isn't a regular uh, season. Well, it is a regular season goal, but it's a shootout goal against uh, the Rangers, I think. You know, the Datsuk one. That one was insane. That's the one that I was going to say, but I couldn't remember who it was against or what year it was, but that, I will never forget that. I remember as soon as he scored that shootout goal, I stood up screaming. Like, that yeah. was just beautiful. Yeah, I remember I um, times too. the one in the, in the, towards the end of 2018, it was an overtime against the Bruins with like nine, it was like 90 seconds left in overtime. And he gets the puck in on a breakaway, and he does the fake between the legs. Yeah. But then he flips it past. I guess it was Tuka Rask at that point, whoever was in net for the Bruins to win it overtime. And I jumped over the table in front of our couch. It was like like an end table, so it wasn't very high. But like I I jumped over it when he scored that goal. Yeah. <sighs> that that was a fun season. Yeah, that whole twenty. That, that was a fun season solely because of him, him and Sean Couturier, mm-hmm. and to a degree, Jake Voracek, like, that season was fun because he carried them to it. And, like, I can't think yeah, of yeah. a better way to sum up the last 10 years of Flyers hockey than that. Yeah, that season was actually, like, fun to watch because I, I feel like that was truly the last season where we had, where as us as Flyers fans could say, we truly have some high-end talent that can compete with other teams' high-end talent, like Couturier, Giroux, Voracek. Um, and then Provorov at the time, that was his best season. And uh, Ghost, was, that was his best season too. And uh, we had some relatively decent support with, with like Konechny and, and Simmons. But like that was probably the, especially because we had a 10-game losing streak that season and we ended up making the playoffs. That was probably the last really, really fun year of uh, Flyers hockey that, you know, for me personally. I know we, we made the playoffs uh, two years later, but, you know, that one was really just, the, the Giroux 100 point season just really uh, spoke to me. I guess it was quite amazing. Yeah, it, it was an unbelievable year for him, and uh, probably the best performance we've seen. Well, yeah, it was his highest point season. It's the best performance we've seen from him. And yeah, I got I got the feels just now because I thought about Ghost at his best, and I really missed that too. <laughs> like it's it's kind of like I know it was his time to go uh, this past off season. I hate what they did, but I knew it was his time to go. But, like, it kind of, like, I really miss when that guy was at his best. That was another just thrilling player to watch as a Philadelphia Flyer. That ghost slap shot is one of the best. But with with G on the power play, look, like, we all know about how but the power play sucks. But, like, part of the reason the power play really sucks is because there's no legitimate point shot. And ghost was that. And, yeah, you really miss that. And the way that they moved it back and forth and they manufactured two ones God damn it! That's, uh, it, I, I feel you, Steve. The ghost bear bomb was the best. Yeah. Ghost bomb. Those ghost bear emojis everywhere. Yeah, 
Yeah, that was pretty great. And uh, I think one more goal for me personally, this one that I think is a little underrated, but it was against, it was the same 27-2018 season. Uh, and it was against the Ottawa Senators. And I think um, he was just a breakaway and he faked the backhand shot and just uh, smoothly carried it to his forehand and just tucked it home. It was kind of the same move they did in the All-Star break. Um, and that one was just what the fuck just happened kind of moment, you know? Oh, yeah. And then uh, Kevin Wisniewski in the the, uh, the chat there brought up something I was going to bring up the uh, the slap shot and uh, I think it was against uh, uh, Anderson in the in the shootout. It's like who does that? Well, who's just to come down to like the middle of the circle and just take a clap bomb in a shootout? Hilarious. Yeah, I, I love that Kevin said specifically, "Dude ripped a 1980 clapper in a shootout." So good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then the goalie after the game was like, I, 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 it was the Leafs back then, so I assume it was Freddie Anderson. But he made some comment like, ah, I guess, I guess they were out of ideas on that one. Huh? It's like, brother, you, you gave that goal up. Shut, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. You got owned. You got dunked on. <laughs> some, some real corn cob stuff from Freddie Anderson. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, someone in the comments mentioned um, how Drew got snubbed for the MVP that year for Taylor Hall, and he absolutely did. And what a pile of garbage! That I think was. It, it I, I just I just put a comment in, and it Meg, and it didn't make it through. Maybe I, maybe because I swore in it, but I think two of the things in sports that like reliably make me just angry whenever I think about them are Claude Giroux not getting nominated for the Hart Trophy that year, and Claude Giroux not making the Olympics in 2014 because Chris Kunitz mm-hmm. needed to be. Boom. Chris Kunitz. Cross because the best, you know, the best player in hockey history needed a professional best friend to be there with him. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sigh. Well, now my blood pressure is elevated. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so mad. I'm like, so just... mad. Our our dad couldn't go to the olympics ever because and then in 18 when he surely would have they didn't go and then <laughs> this year i'm pretty sure he wouldn't have any ways but obviously they didn't he was on the fake world cup team though yeah great <laughs> you beat team europe good for you i'm going to disneyland <laughs> those are good gifts right there uh reese anything else you wanted to uh, share about claude Giroux at this time yeah, uh, one more take is that like I think Florida is still uh, heavily interested in acquiring Giroux. So because they don't have their first round pick, do you think like uh, you know there's some decent prospects there like Grigory uh, Dinipenko or even uh, Owen Tippett, who's not really a prospect anymore, but he's been tearing up the AHL or whatever. Like, what do you think a Claude Giroux package from Florida would kind of resemble? I find none of it acceptable. Like the twenty third, the twenty third draft is so good. Like they have to get a pick. They have to get many picks this offseason for that draft. But mm-hmm. this deal, I feel like, is the one specifically. Right, because I feel first. like I feel like this deal, like you really need a first round pick, no matter what. And yeah, like let's say it does work with Florida. Like I really need some good ass prospects from you, or you know, players like legitimate. No, but like here's the thing: because... they have a lot of like good prospects, but they have a lot of like good prospects the same way the Flyers had a lot of good prospects. Like they don't have game breakers, and I'm tired of fucking right. around with middle six players. Like we need good players. Yeah, we got middle six players for days. Yeah, like Owen Tippett. I don't like. Does he move the needle? Like, no. not really. He's like a he's like a complimentary piece. 
He, he just, the Flyers like, already have. He's ginger, but uh, Travis Konechny. Yeah. Like, right. He's the ginger thing is good. Like that would be nice, but Check. apart from ginger. that, I don't, I don't know if I need him really. Well, that's why I want the mega deal. Ginger. He's like. He's the most Leon. ginger. He's like South Park, like make fun of gingers, ginger. <laughs> you can see him in the dark. Yeah. But no, but but yeah, I I just don't think that Florida has enough pieces because of like a first round pick and these next two drafts as a bare minimum they don't have either. Yeah, so I feel like you know Colorado is my premier destination for me because they have uh, Alex Newhook, which I don't know if Colorado is willing to part with, but he's like a a you know I think in my opinion a future game breaker, and they also oh, yeah. have their first round pick, or at least I think they have their first round pick. So yeah, something. No, like they that. do. But the, yeah, like you know, Joe Sackett, he ain't no fool. He's not gonna just give him up. That's why he's I not a fool. But also, here's the thing: like Colorado kind of has to like this is kind of the year they gotta do it. Yeah, I agree. So like, make a deal. If, if you're gonna do it, like you might have to sacrifice a player that might be good in order to get your cup in the window that you can get it before you have to blow up the team because of the stupid salary cap, like. They yeah. owe us this, okay? Colorado owes us yeah, this shit do it because, because of Kale McCarr, right? Yeah. All right. We All right, gifted you so Kale McCarr for that fucking lemon Nolan Patrick. Sorry, Steph. But you owe us this, Colorado. Yeah. No, mega deal. The Drew, Provy, Marty J, that solves all their problems. Give us Alex Newhook. Marty Obar. J. Look, they do need Marty J because Darcy Kemper, he's going to like cross the street in the wrong way and explode. So that happens. I would like to defend myself, please. (laughs) (laughs) I apologize to you. No, I know you did. The reason that I really like I love Nolan Patrick is because jumping from 13 to two was the highlight of my Flyers fandom. Right now, I don't have one. I don't have a highlight because that is now sunk very low, guys. (laughs) That was supposed – I mean, not to beat this dead horse. We don't have to go down the road here. But, like, when that happened, you thought, like – you thought that was the succession plan for Claude Drew. Yeah. You know, circle it all back here. You really thought that was it. And, you know, eat Arby's. Um, That's what's concerning about Shane Wright because he's kind of having – a similar season to what Nolan Patrick's season is currently or was. Maybe we'll get the three. Maybe we'll get the three. Kevin put in the chat, by the way, they owe us for Forsberg. They do owe us for Forsberg. Yeah, they owe us, okay? That's what it comes down to. They owe us. They owe us. I'm still mad about the Sean Podine, Keith Jones trade. Like, that one in itself. (laughs) Oh, good old Sir John. Fun fact, Sean Podine was my favorite flyer that wasn't Eric Lindros. I love Sean Podine with my life. Because you're an intelligent person. That's that's a Kelly Hinkle name. Sean Podine is Kelly Hinkle's dad. I love, loved Sean Podine. Specifically, 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 what does that mean? Specifically. Specifically because it's spelled S. H-J-O-N, Sean. It is just, mwah, chef's kiss. Man. And then growing up, I was like, oh, well, that's a really funny way to like spell that. Where is he from? Minnesota. <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right. Well, All I'm right. heading out, so uh, thanks for uh, having me on, guys. It was uh, fun talking. Yeah, Reese, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it.
And yes, Steph, for the record, we do have we have bourbon, Steve, specifically here. I, I had a spiked peach tea tonight. It was lovely. Patrick's back. Let's add Patrick. Patrick, you got more to say? Oh, my God, I'm back. Patty Reeds. Patty Reeds, that's me. Jack, we'll get to you shortly. I just I just thought of something funny about Claude Drew. Do you remember the Tyler Sagan Instagram post? Sagan. Like, when, when was that? During, like, one of his All-Star games? Instagram post? I don't remember this, and this feels like it would very much be in my wheelhouse. Uh, I think they won, and Tyler Sagan took an Instagram picture <gasps> in the locker room. Yes, in the locker room, and Drew is naked wow. holding a beer can. Oh, yeah, that was good. That was a good one. I just, I needed some prompting. I knew we would get there. That was good teamwork, Patrick. There we go. We figured it out. That was funny. I, I, I mean, for obvious reasons, because he's just drinking a beer smirk. I'm like, yeah, we won. Woo. Not giving it shit in the world. Oh, man. There's actually, that's a good reminder. Uh, when they were playing in Germany during uh, the lockout, I think there was a, oh, no. I, I'm i not going to remember pr- properly, but I think he was pouring a beer over someone's head in Germany. <laughs> but, ne- again, my memory's real bad, so I would have to go back and look that up. But he's had a really fun history of appearing on other people so absolutely i just looked this up by the way i hadn't seen this one before it's uh it is an image all right it's a butt <laughs> it's a butt <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times thanks for sharing that patrick appreciate that no problem yeah it's absolutely a highlight so if you guys haven't seen it Go look it up. It. Who cares? It's funny. It's it's funny. <laughs> it's funny, and it should definitely be on our Claude Giroux Hall of Fame. I can't believe I forgot about Naked Giroux holding a beer. I can't believe I forgot about Naked Giroux holding a beer. I'm so... I've never seen that. I can't believe I've never seen that before. I don't think I've seen it either, but, you know, but I'm going to put it in the Slack. <laughs> Finally. My dreams come true. I mean, I've got a blurred out version that you can see. Ooh. For the kids. PG-13? PG-13. <laughs> Lovely. I googled Claude Giroux locker room holding beer. The first result brought... There you go. <laughs> Alright. Alright, we got Jack joining us. Jack, how's it going? What's up, guys? Um... I told Bill this story on the post game, but on one of the early earlier post games this year. But uh, I'm actually a younger Flyers fan, and I live in the Chicago area. And my dad's from Philly, so uh, I was six years old when 2010 happened, and I don't really remember much. All I really remember, <laughs> all, all, all I really remember is my dad being like kind of pissed and like my neighbor saying something like how about that game last night and then as I grew up obviously my dad would have like the Flyers games on in the house and stuff and I'd watch it and then like probably around 2012 2013 I was like you know let's let's see what happened in 2010 because I knew about game six but I didn't know the full story so I watched like the highlights and this is like such a weird experience to uh, you know say with all you guys who obviously saw the series live but I was just obsessed with watching 
that run in 2010 and I just locked on to Drew and just loved his game. And um, I didn't really pay attention to the Flyers probably until 2013. So I also, you know, got to watch the highlights of like 2012 and stuff. So I haven't really watched a ton of like uh, crazy Drew moments, you know, live, but obviously the uh, stadium series was, you know, one of my favorite moments. Um, and just going back to like, uh, I've had a connection with this guy. Like I grew up playing hockey. Drew always would do the little, uh, you know, Jersey tuck. I always wanted to, you know, have my Jersey tucked in the back. I'd always be the kid wearing the Drew Jersey to school and all these kids who, you know, grew up watching the Chicago dynasty and obviously beating the flyers, you know, were talking shit to me throughout my early life in third grade, my, you know, Hey, respect to you for hanging in there with that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, you know, (laughs) I hate the Hawks, but, and, you know, obviously figuring out, you're learning about the stuff that happened in 2010 makes this hurt so much more, but um, you know, like my third grade notebook and stuff like famous person you want to have lunch with Claude Giroux. Like I, I've loved this guy <laughs> my whole life. And, Real Jesus uh, Claude. It's, it's really going to be, it's really going to be tough uh, watching this game, but some underrated moments. Um, 2012, uh, the series actually against the devils, uh, I was just always obsessed with Giroux's ability to just rip the puck and find the back of the net wherever. There's this moment, I forget who passed it to him, but I think it was a power play. And someone gets it over to him on his, you know, patented spot left side, and he just absolutely rips it by Brodeur. And it's like, oh, it's one of the best. I think it's game one, but that, that's an underrated. And, you know, the moment that I've seen a ton is uh, that I love is um, – the Maple Leafs. I think he's done it a couple times, but the shootout move where he like pulls it back. Yes. I people have been talking about that. That's a great yeah. one. Oh my God. I was obsessed with that move. It's an unbelievable and, but, move. You know, I don't really have a ton of questions for you guys, but th- that's basically my story. You know, I, I grew up with this guy, so it's a bit different and it's going to, I had to turn the, uh, the a thousand game like preview video off. Cause I was going to get like emotional <laughs> watching oh, that. God. But yeah, it's, it's going to be tough tomorrow, but, uh, you know, it sucks. We never got to see him do it here. Maybe he comes back, but, you know, I I always just wanted him to, uh, you know, raise the cup and just, like, scream. But uh, I had to watch Patty Kane and Jonathan Taze do it three times and everyone around me celebrating. So it was kind of tough, but thanks, G. <laughs> that, dude, that's brutal. That's absolutely brutal. But, you know, kudos to you for, yeah. for hanging in there with that because that's just rough. But, like – yeah, it sucks. You know, it's interesting you brought up all the, the ability to rip it and all those great goals and everything. And if I had, like, one thing I wish I had seen Claude Giroux do more throughout his career is actually, like, you know, not to sound like a stereotypical 200 Flyers fan, but shoot the damn puck. Shoot. Because, like, the guy has an unbelievable shot. Like, his slap shot's great. He, he's got great mitts. Like, you just want to see him shoot it all day because he is – that good at shooting the damn puck so like if i had one regret yeah i want to see him shoot you know score more goals and shoot the puck more because he's just so good at it he's good at everything steve like his, his vision is it like that's his number one thing but you're right he's like what is his highest goal total like 30 32 something like that i got the look give me one second i got the hockey reference page up right now 34 is his highest 34 and that was in 1718 his 102 point season Right, and that's when he's playing out of his mind. But uh, could he have been a fifty-goal scoring guy? Maybe. 
I, I mean, definitely for pure ability, but um, this is where support is like that constant theme comes back. Oh, yeah. The other, yes. Yeah. The, the other thing you have to think about when you're a 50 goal guy, then you have to have other threats around you just so other teams just don't center in on you to just like shadow you or like uh, put a spy on you like a quarterback, right? Right, right. Makes total sense. And well, that's the problem is like that lack of depth throughout his career, like early on in 2010 when he was the, the third second line guy, you know, like teams weren't really centering in on him. So that's why he was like that great sneaky under the radar guy that, you, you know, as you were saying, Jack, like he's that kind of, he kind of stood out with all those great players. And, but that's part of, you know, what was so great about that is like teams couldn't really focus in on him because like you had to worry about that great Danny Briere, Ville Leno, Scott Hartnell line, or, you know, like there was so much to worry about in that lineup so that you couldn't just focus in on Claude Giroux all day. Yeah, and what also sucks is, you know, I really, you know, this, looking back, this might not be true, but I really thought, you know, pre-COVID, that was going to be their deep run, and then the bubble hit, and it kind of like... Me too. We were all there. (laughs) You you will never convince me that that was not the year. That was the year. That was... They would have at the very least had a, a good solid run had they kept that momentum going. And there was no sign that they were slowing down. So, yeah, like it might have yeah. been tough to take out that lightning team, but I, I feel like they were they were going to do it that year. But thanks for letting me speak, guys. Uh, y- like I said, tomorrow, I it's I hope he scores. <laughs> Jack, I got a question for you real quick. Um, yeah. Since you're like probably the only Chicago person I'm ever going to interact with and you kind of <laughs> talked about it a little bit like. How vindicated did you feel? Because, like, growing up, like you said, like, you should have grew up a Chicago Blackhawks fan and been part of the dynasty, got to cheer that on. But, you know, as time went on, all those guys turned out to be scumbags. Do you get to throw back in all your friends' faces now? Yeah, you know, the the thing about Chicago fans is they're so so annoying. Like, um, (laughs) they, you know, all my friends – you know, and stuff will be like, oh, you know, the Flyers suck, 2010, 2010. Oh, my uh, – another horrible memory is be, be, uh, obviously being a kid who grew up playing hockey, um, we'd do, like, these summer camps, and they'd sit us down in this room, and we'd have to watch 2010 Road to the Cup documentaries, and you'd have to watch watch the Flyers season in, like, documentary form, and that was bad. All the kids, like, cheating and stuff. And as a kid, would wear, like – flyers stuff around you know you're always getting chirped but you know nowadays since the hawks aren't good uh you know i'll bring it up you know what do you think about kyle beach or whatever and they'll be they you know ignore stuff and no one even cares like once a team gets bad in chicago at least around me no one cares you know like the cubs won in 2016 now no one cares about the cubs because they suck so like most people around here, you know, they only care uh, when they're good. But I haven't really had a huge conversation with people. But I'll be like, what, what did you think about that? And they're like, oh, I don't even pay attention to the Hawks anymore. Oh, my God. I know a guy who does that who's a, a Yankees and Giants fan. And he does that all the time when you try to talk trash on the Giants or something. And he's like, oh, I didn't watch. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, so he's the first wow. guy, if there's an Eagles loss, he is the first guy to text you and be like, Eagles suck. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, that's how they are. Like, <laughs> honestly, like the kids who I've, you know, talked trash to back and forth, 
And now I kind of look like an idiot because, you know, when Hextall was rebuilding and stuff, I'm like, oh, just wait. We're going to be the next dynasty and stuff. But, um, mm. you know, I'm sorry for you, Jack. <laughs> yeah. They, um, luckily, though, most of these kids will get engaged since I talk so much about the Flyers. They'll, they'll watch the Flyers Hawks games. So actually watching the one, you know, a couple of weeks ago when it was actually physical and like one of the best games I've watched this season, uh, it, it was good to like talk trash to them. But, you know, another thing <laughs> is whenever you try and say something, it's always oh, 2010. And like, what do I say to that? Like now I can say, well, what were you doing in the locker room? But, you know, <laughs> my whole life growing up, it's been, you know, I'd say something and. 2010 2010 i hear it i've heard it so many times and i just you know i'll, I'll re-watch the the highlights of that run but i i can't watch i can't watch game six especially yeah. carter almost bearing it with like two minutes to go oh my can't even clang oh, I, yeah, I gotta go oh my cup God. thinking about that high and wide i gotta go oh high and wide fucking jeff carter high and wide all <laughs> hey. day long Jack, I got a question for you. You ever, um, you ever do the standing room at the at the Chicago hockey game there? No, but I've been pretty high up. Uh, but I I've never done standing room. I've, the first it's bullshit. I, I did it oh, one it time. Is. It's bullshit. Oh, I bet. One time I was I like behind the like... seats, and they make the, it's elevated. The seats are elevated, so you yeah. need to like get on your tippy toes and look between people's shoulders. It was it was horrible. Yeah, especially like uh, when, you know, obviously those dynasties were, you know, going on, the tickets were so expensive. So, you know, obviously I'd want to go down to the games when they'd be in town once a year. But um, uh, one time we were in like foldable chairs all the way up. That was not a good experience. You could barely see. But a couple of times my dad, you know, for my birthday or something, he'd get us good seats. So it, it was always fun. Uh, and it was always, you know, like I'd go to the games and I'd be like, all right, we're in the process. We're watching these guys like connecting, like Provorov. We're going to be this, this Hawks team in, you know, the year 2020. And then they were good. I thought they were going to do it. COVID hits, everything comes crashing down. And now I don't even know what to think, but it, it is going to be really sad for me watching Drew. Cause you know, he's my childhood hero. He's the guy I always wanted to be playing hockey growing up and, you know, uh, it's it's just going to be tough to move on, but it's time to move on, and uh, I'm excited to see who the next uh, Giroux is. <laughs> so thanks, guys. Yeah, absolutely. I, thanks I for still, joining us, Jack. Yeah, thanks, Jack. I still want to be Claude Giroux. Like, not even <laughs> – that's not even, like, a childhood thing. Like, I want to be him now. It seems like he lives a really cool life. His kid's super cute. Oh, his kid's adorable, and whenever they post a video of, like, his kid in a little Flyers jersey, like, saying hi to him at the game, I'm like, aw. Yeah, no, he seems to be a very well-adjusted, because, you know, you, you watch, the, like, what they always say, don't meet your heroes, and uh, especially, especially the hockey guys, like, they're like, they, these super conservative people, but he seems like a, a well-adjusted human being, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right. Well, we um we're gonna wrap up soon, but I'm gonna put out a last call. We currently have the phone lines clear, so last call for uh, G memories or anything. But uh, we've been going a while, but uh, last call is out there. But yeah, like so. Just real quick, I was talking about the Chicago thing, and Jack was saying how they always just say 2010, 2010. And when I went to that Chicago game, I did the stupid standing room thing, and I'm like peering between shoulders and everything. And I'm like one of like, I don't know, a handful of people in Flyers jerseys at that. Cause I think that I went around like 2017 or so. And 
this guy who I, I said looked like Liam McPoyle from Always Sunny came up after Chicago scored the first goal and like shook me and was like, yeah, and talked a bunch. <laughs> of, and, and his only comment was 2010, 2010, whenever he's trying to talk trash. I'm like, get some new material, man. Come on. Ah, the worst. And, like but, the 1975s. Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. But then the Flyers came back and won that game. I think Kimo Timo had the winner. So I was uh, very happy leaving that arena that night. Awesome. All right. Oh, we, okay. My last call worked. I got David and I got Andrew. We're going to go to David and see what's up. David, how are you? Hey, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing well tonight. Um, nice to speak to everyone. I just think back, I see the way Wade Drew's uh, tenure here is possibly coming to an end. Um, but as somebody who grew up in the Lindros era, I, I will take the way this ended every time over the way the Lindros era ended. Cause that was, that was just a gut punch that game oh. seven. Um, yes, yes absolutely. I, punch. Kelly I and I brought not, that up earlier. It's, it was terrible. It was, I, it was distressing for, for you'll, you'll, you'll have to forgive me. I'm late to the party tonight. Oh no, no, no. Um, it wasn't about that at all. Like I'm just saying like, it was just, it was just one of the most like, I think distressing moments for me as a flyer staff. I just, I just hope that, um, you know, management uh, listens to Kelly's rants the past couple weeks on BSH Radio <laughs> and uh, takes it to heart and gets rid of some of these old hockey guys because she's right when, you know, this mentality of we have to be the bullies, um, that's that's not going to work. It barely worked in 1974 and 75. It hasn't worked since. But uh, thank you and uh, enjoy the game tomorrow night, guys. Thank you very much. Oh, thanks, thanks, David. David. Appreciate it. I look- the curse of uh, Bobby Clark and the, like uh, Kurt just brought up the other curse. And I, I like this whole witchcraft, like uh trend we got going here with the uh, hockey. We need more curses. Oh yeah. No, sure. no, no, well, not I, here so... though. We need fewer curses here. We do need fewer curses, but, but I see what you're saying though. We need the naming of the curses, like the curse of right. uh, the treatment of Eric Lindros right there. I mean, I, 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 what, what I was trying to say to David, like we did mention it earlier, but like it, is a great point that he made because it was just so horrific how that Lindros era ended with the concussion, with the strife between management and the Lindros family and the shit trade that they got for Eric Lindros, Mm -hmm. one of the all-time flyers. And, And to see it just end like that was so abysmal and so awful and just... It, it, it scars me to this day. It is just one of the worst things this club has ever done. Is the and who did it? Who did it? Mr. Bobby Clark. Mr. Bobby Clark. But hey, maybe the guy on... still shadow running the team. Fucking shadow yeah. government, Bob Clark. Maybe you can get on another podcast and talk about like what the former GM should have done. Yeah. Aye, aye, aye. Thanks, Bob. It drives me insane. But I mean, that was a great point that David made, though. It's just like that this is ending much better, at least, than that did, where Claude Giroux at least seemingly has a, a good relationship with the management and he gets a say in where he goes and he. It, it, there isn't that strife. I don't there even know if it's better, just... Sam. I think it's just different. It's yeah, is better, it better because. It is better because it took a minor miracle from Paul Holmgren to even bring Eric Lindros back into the fold. Like, yeah, this club literally almost killed Eric Lindros. And there oh, well, was yes, a contract clearly. dispute, or and the, there was no like, like even him coming here, like uh, Lindros is different. I mean, obviously that was different than anyone, but it's like 
yeah, everything is just smoother and it was everything's short of winning, right? Right, right. I mean, it's just, it, it, they're at least handling this classy. We're going to get a nice ceremony for Claude Giroux. Like, it, Megan was saying, like, it's it's weird that you get the thousandth game and then he's probably getting shipped out. But it, it, I think it's nice because it kind of gives us, like, a proper chance to really celebrate the guy. And yeah. you almost get to have a going away party for him, which I, I think is actually kind of really nice in a way. You know what I was thinking when Megan said that, and actually uh, um, just been thinking about in general, is that, like, because Megan said it's, like, how weird and, like, cosmic and poetic it is. But, you know, if, if he didn't get COVID or any number of his injuries, like, how these things are perfectly aligning for this to happen, like, a week before the trade deadline on his thousandth day, that doesn't happen. So the hockey gods hate the Flyers is what it comes down to. Or I think in this case we're we're getting a little we're getting a little uh, light light shine on us because like this is just like a moment that that doesn't happen and people don't make these exceptions to do the celebration before. I'm really curious to see if he's gonna finish the game tomorrow because if uh, they do the Phil Castle and just like one shift him, then he... I was wondering that too, James, because like he can't get hurt. Oh, I like, know he and can't. Like, but he's so, such a competitive guy. Will he even allow that to happen? I, that's I, the thing. I don't think he would. Yeah, yeah, but like uh, it was some. Because Phil just wants hot dogs games. at the end of the day. Phil's like, all right, I'm out of here. I'm gonna go see my kid and get a hot dog. Well, Phil had a legitimate. Yeah, I'm kidding. Like, I'm I'm vested. Yeah. I'm vested. <laughs> but, Phil loves hot dogs though. That's indisputable. Who among us? But G had he had like a bump or something. Like he um he like ran in the boards weird, and I just like. It's just, you just hold your breath the whole time until mm-hmm. he comes back because, like, it's – yeah, we'll, we'll see, I suppose. So it's going to be a fun night is what you're telling Let's me. not even put that into the universe. I'm literally locking, knocking. Give me my $5 green beers, Flyers. No, That's what I I'm want saying. my $30. Oh, shit, we do get green beer tomorrow. Oh. Green beer be, and grilled cheese. We're oh, going to have sure, a good time. He's going to get a hat trick. It's going to be great. If you get to up, oh, I'm, I'm going to lose my shit. I might throw a, my jersey Like a moist, celebration. soggy – Grilled cheese. A thirty dollar grilled cheese. In a steam table for the last hour and a half. What and more could one ask? A for? mediocre green beer. I'm psyched about it. <laughs> I would even say a shitty green beer. Andrew has <laughs> a comment. What's going on, Andrew? Hey Steve. Uh one of the things I was thinking about on where Drew uh gets traded is I hope it's somewhere like Tampa or Colorado and not because I'm opposed to places like Florida or Boston or Minnesota, but because I think that he would put up a lot of points there. And one of the things that I have thought of season is I would, I I wanted them to be good at the start of the year, but I certainly would have traded the flyers being good for Giroux scoring a hundred plus points because I think that it it would almost be a disservice for him not to do for the flyers, not to do everything that they could to pad Drew's hall of fame case. And mm. I was wondering what you, uh, what you guys thought in terms of, uh, what it takes for him to get into the Hall of Fame, just in terms of sure point total. I've kind of been eyeballing it and saying probably probably 1100 does it, 
Uh, he's got think- 900 now, so that's, you know, four seasons of 50, but that's not a sure thing at 1,100. No. I was thinking I, we were talking about this earlier. Um, I think if he wins a cup and gets to a thousand points, I think probably not first ballot Hall of Fame, but I think he gets in if he makes a thousand points, which I think is obviously quite doable. I think, and a, cup, I think. a cup would really help. The yeah. cup, yeah, the cup really does it. No cup, you know, more points is obviously not going to hurt him, but the the cup I think really seals it. So I'm hoping he gets it. It's Taylor Hall, Hall's fault. If you would have won that Hart Trophy, Agreed. and got a thousand. It's, yeah, it's such bullshit. Sure. I'm gonna go. I I personally blame Greg Rosinski for that happening. Yeah, you should. Fucking that dickhead. <laughs> Noted Devils fan, Greg Wyshynski. Yeah, we get it. You like the Devils. No one cares. They're yeah. bad. No, but like as 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 much as I love Drew, I just I just think there are he he's too far back in the in in the line. But but like we were talking about earlier. As long as you need is one person. Somebody woke up one day in the Hall of Fame selection committee and decided that Rogi Vashan should be in the Hall of Fame after like 30 years. So that's what you need. Yeah. And well, James, I'm curious to see what the line looks like by the time Claudia retires. I mean, he could yeah. play a while more because he has aged pretty gracefully. Yeah. And on top of that, like, as you said, like, it depends on like if somebody just wakes up because there was a while where we thought Eric Lindros wasn't going to get in and we were like making passionate like appeals to get him in. And then he was in. Well, one, Clark? one of the things that I just looked up earlier today is, uh, I, as I said earlier, Northern Vermont are here. And I grew up watching <laughs> Marty St. Louis play at UVM and Marty St. Louis has a thousand thirty three points. Um, but he also has awards. Um, so, so there is guys, there, there are, there are guys who are in with just over a thousand. There are guys mm-hmm. who are in, who are under 1100. Like Burray, Lindros, Korea, they don't have a thousand. So like, it, it like, doesn't have to be the number. You just need one person to say like, okay, this is the guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if they take into consideration that, like, those guys played in the dead puck era. Really? But I don't know. I don't know. I, I do think that a case – at the end of his career, I'm fairly certain that you'll be able to make a case. Oh, um, no. I think to, if but, he were to retire yeah. today, I think he has a case. It's just a strong case. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's fair. It, it's going to be interesting. I, I I will say this much for when Claude does get traded, though. I want him to put up an obnoxious amount of points because I just want the yeah. rest of the yes. league, the rest of the yeah. league's fans in particular, to see how good he is. Because I think players understand. Like, I think one of the most telling things was when Zach Wierenski kind of went up to him in reverence at the All-Star game and was like, oh, will you sign my jersey? And he's like, yeah, why is this a big deal? <laughs> um, But, like, I want the rest of the league's fans to see, oh, this guy's fucking awesome. The Flyers, him being on the Flyers has held back his, I think, overall kind of, my brain turned off. Like, the, the overall opinion of Claude Drew, I think, has suffered because he's been on the Flyers, and the Flyers have been a bad team for most of his career here. And Steve, to your point, you, you know what really helps the Hall of Fame uh, case? A Smythe trophy. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Oh, look at that. Yeah. 
going a little Danny Briere run in the playoffs for the yes. Avalanche or somebody? That, that everybody wins that way, except the actual literal losing team. But screw yeah, screw those guys. We don't like them. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, have a good night, guys. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for Thanks, doing Andrew. this. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a lot Can of fun. Can I just point and... out that over the last hour, the number of listeners to this ridiculous podcast has gone up? <laughs> like, people keep joining and hanging out with us, which is wild. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I'm here for it. I mean, sadly, I think it's it's almost time to go. But um, if uh, I did a last call before, but I'm going to do one more last call if anybody'd like to jump on. Oh, we do have a request. Kevin wants to get on. All right. Kevin, Kevin hello. what's going on? What a great pick, Kevin. Well, fuck me. <laughs> this entire fucking thing tonight. <laughs> I decided to do a pre-St. Uh, pre Paddy's Day night with my buddy across the street. And little did I know I missed this fucking golden gem. Ah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. This is all I have to say. Like, I really have nothing but, except for the fact that, again... I don't know what it was said earlier, but my from what I heard, Florida's in the mix for G, and if they get him, fuck, they're dangerous as shit, and he could actually get his uh, cup. We decided that they can't have him because they foolishly traded their first for Sherratt, so. Well, yeah, and they don't really have a first for what? 2022 they have it for 2023 nope they just traded it they, they just traded the 23 first which is the one that we need oh. from them and they don't have a 24 either right james uh no i think they have a 2024 they like they oh, okay. don't have like a 20 they, they have a weird amount of missing picks for the, the moves they made well they have all the most underrated players in the league so underrated yeah, don't forget that yeah Barkov is underrated. The the interesting thing about Florida to me is like, so I, I'm of two minds. Like, obviously I want that first round pick. Right. But like Florida's got such a, like, I don't know, not their fan base for the most part. I really want like a locked in crazy fan base to appreciate G, but Florida plays some great hockey. Like when they're so had good to play them last week, the Flyers had to play them last week and it was just, that it's like tic-tac-toe, like super fast passing. I'm like, Ugh. God damn it. I wish I had this for the hockey team. I enjoyed. Right. And they just have that, that extra gear. Like, cause when games get kind of tied and they just go three, three, four, four, they're just like, no, our shit goes to 11. Let's go. <laughs> A team that values offense. Like imagine, imagine it. A team that's just like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to score a whole lot of goals. Come at us. It's just like basketball. Last possession wins. Sounds fun to me, but, you know, we live here, so. 200-foot <laughs> player. But, but if I think about it, yeah. <clears throat> but if you think about it, G might only just be a rental for two months. So... If you think about it, Florida might not be enough, might not be willing to give up enough for him with what Florida, with what we want, but might be enough to where he goes there, gets his cup, comes back. Because I think with, based on that last press conference, I think it gave it a lot of teams pause for concern that 
he's really not going to stick around anytime after this season and just go back to Philly. Kev, again, here's the problem: really? the Flyers have the Flyers have made it impossible for that to happen because they had to have had to have Rasmus Ristolainen at five million a year. So if you look at their cap situation, I don't know how they could possibly bring him back unless he's like, you know what? I don't need any more money. I've seen enough. Or they'd have to really sell off some parts. Or they'd, they'd have they'd to get have rid to... of like the Kevin Hayes contract and JVR's contract. Right. Like, good luck. Like, cause you have a lot of guys, new contracts kicking in. They're all getting raises. Yeah. Couturier is a significant, what? 3 million a year raise right there. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's, it's going to be very difficult for them to bring on any talent. So I don't I don't know if G can come back even if he wants to. Like I said, I la la land right now. <laughs> I lo- I love this for you. <laughs> I'm jealous. I'm I'm like I listen. I it's tax season for me, so I shouldn't be like this. But listen, <laughs> listen. Glad you're not my account, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a damn good accountant, but not today. Fuck. Not right now. Your house is getting audited. <laughs> I really appreciate you guys and everything you guys do. I'm so sad I missed earlier. But Thanks, Kevin. Oh, dude, it's gonna be out as a podcast. You'll get to enjoy all of it. Four hour podcast. <laughs> it's not a my first time, and... James. I was gonna say this is just a fly purple. Like it's not even that long. Please. <laughs> I used to do three hours of my sleep with flight. Oh, well, Thanks, you know what? Kevin. We could really try this in flight and start talking about severance, but no, nope. nope, I was nope. going to say, we do have our severance trio right here. And if anybody ever wants to hear a, a severance podcast with James Kelly and I, I'm down for it. But uh, we got a lot of thoughts about severance. We got a lot of thoughts. We have a whole Slack thread on severance. But, um <laughs> I think I think that's a good note to wrap it on because I'm exhausted and I need to go to bed soon because I have to go into the physical office tomorrow, which I oh, love. Mom. I love it, let me tell you. So, gang, thanks so much for listening to this. This is a long one, but, you know, I had a blast with this. I don't know about you guys, but I really enjoyed this. I loved every second of it, and I'm so glad that all of you guys came and hung out with us, and I hope that you enjoyed it, and I hope that you're all coming to the game tomorrow. Yes. Uh, again, what section are we going to be? Uh, one twenty. We're in section one twenty. Yeah. We may or may not be filming something on like a smartphone. If you have some comments on G and you want to share the love, uh, I will have some fly purpley stickers, some phantom fix stickers, and some temporary tattoos for people to come by. So uh, some fun stuff. But we will be out there. But uh, come say hi. Uh, it's going to be a fun night, hopefully, and uh, hopefully, Eamon only half <laughs> enjoys his night. Because he's a Flyers and a Predators fan. The conflict. The conflict, yes. But, I mean, hopefully, I mean, the the important thing is they're going to be honoring G. We're going to be there to celebrate celebrate Claude Giroux, who is just one of the all-time Flyers, one of the great Flyers, and somebody who has scored just amazing goals over the years, brought a lot of joy to our hearts. Claude Giroux, you will never listen to this. I know you won't. But if you do, by some random happenstance, we love you, we appreciate you, and good luck no matter what happens, bud. All right, folks, we're going to end it on that note. Um, you know, we, we love you all listening, too, and thank you for that. And 
in the words of the great Gene Hart, until next time, good night and good hockey. What is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balke and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V on Apple spotify youtube and everywhere you get your podcasts go astros